heresy, and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the War Master Horus and his three brothers, Materian, Fulgrim, and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Estvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless after the Emperor's favored son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionnaires survived the onslaught thanks to quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? Uh, welcome to Radio Free Istvan episode 15. This is a Warhammer 30k Horse Heresy podcast. Uh, my name is Michael, and I have my co-host here, Ryan. Say hello, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? And uh, I'm actually out of Texas, and Ryan's out of Indianapolis right now. In the heart of the heat of Gen Con. Brought to you by Skype, TM. <laughs> brought, to you, brought to you by Skype. It's the heart of Gen Con right now, right? Like Gen Con's going on yes. right now? yes. Is yep. there like an odor in the air? I feel like there'd be an odor. Yeah, it smells like 70,000 nerds. 70, like, it smells like 25,000 undeodoranted armpits right now, just hanging in the air. <laughs> <coughs> no, they've, uh, so last year we had, I think, 61 or 62,000 confirmed. And this year, the estimate, early estimate is, uh, between sixty-five and seventy thousand people here, just Good for Gen Con. Nut to butt, dude. I bet you it is fucking crowded. Actually, I saw oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I seen. I sent you the pictures of the vendor hall. Yeah, it looked. Uh, it looked crowded, and I was just like, but I mean, that is also what's that day one stuff. So like, I feel like if you're gonna want to get like the early release stuff, you're gonna want to get there early. Oh, oh no, that was yesterday. That was Friday. Day one's Thursday. Saturday is the busy day. That's what you saw there was probably two thirds of what it's going to be. If that they take that picture today, it's just a field of people with like some tables like wedged in between. Saturday's always the busiest day. That's fantastic. I, uh... Then sun, Sunday is family day, so you can go and just buy like a one day pass, and it's cheaper for Sunday. I guess my. Uh... My theory that they're going to release Lehman Russ at Gen Con is out the window. That's okay. You know, we can't always be right. We can't always nope. look into super deep, like borderline Illuminati level symbols <laughs> inside of the, uh, just the advertisement. So that's all right. It's nobody's fault. <laughs> but so anyway, hard at Gen Con right now. That's pretty cool. Uh, we got a special episode for you guys right now. Uh, we're going to actually be going over some hobby progress like we do all the time. And uh, we're going to scrunch that up a little bit. And we're going to try and make it go by real quick because we have uh, some emails that y'all sent in that y'all wanted us to go over. Uh, the first one is going to be some Space Wolf speculation, just basically what we think is going to be in the next Space Wolf Legion rules, I guess. And the Prospero Burns book, I'm guessing. Yeah. Sounds fair. Yep. What's that going to be? Book eight? It's called Inferno. I believe they've already said the name of it's Inferno. Yeah, and that's two books from now, right? No, it's the next book, book seven. Oh, it's the next book. So yeah, book seven. In the, in the fall is what they're saying. And then we got a Stone Gauntlet list we're going to go over. Uh, and then we have a Sons of Horus list, which is just going to be like fresh. I mean, like brand new coming in. 
Yeah. He just said, basically, he's getting started, wants to play Sons of Horus, said, I want to use, you know, this list of units. Um, Make me a list. So that's what we did. (laughs) And uh, if you guys noticed, you'll you'll probably, you know, if you're listening to the podcast now and you subscribe to the podcast, you may have something seen something pop up on your feed there and it might say something like i haven't actually put it out in the feed yet so i'm recording this before i actually do it so who knows what it could say but uh it should be something like contemptor dreadnought help or contemptor dreadnought starters or betrayal caster i don't know i don't know what it's gonna say but you should have seen that pop up basically what that is is that is a kind of a a little helpful tidbit of information so it's just if you're brand new to the game, you just got in there, you're not really sure what to do with the contemptor model you got in your betrayal calf box. It just helps you out. That's all it is. It's just like a little, little. Uh, I don't know how would you put it, Ryan. What, what would we call this? Um, like I said, my original idea was because we've done a Terminator review and a Tactical Squad review. We were just because we get all the letters about people. You know, I have a betrayal calf box, or I bought betrayal calf. What I do with the models in it? So we've been slowly working our way through. And now we need to go back and do Tactical Marines again because of the changes. But um, we've already done Tactical Marines and Terminators. We've done the Dreadnoughts. And then I'm hoping to do the two characters here soon. And, you know, we'll get those out there for new players to listen to. It tells you everything you need to know about your Calc models. So, so yeah, guys, we're going to go ahead and break that off. And, like, that's going to be a completely separate thing. That way it doesn't, you know, you guys don't have to hear it besides us telling you what it is right here just now. Yeah. If you don't want to hear Chigger, Chigger or Mossman talk, you can just go straight to that and just get to the the meat of the matter. Get to the meat, skip the bread. Yeah. Like some weirdo, Steven Glansberg eating lunch by herself. But that's okay. So anyway, man, hobby progress. Where you at? What you been working on? What have we missed since the last, when did we record? Sunday? It's been like a little little less than a week. Yep. So very, very first thing I did, because I I was coming off of the uh, Budokan experience, so I did not work uh, Monday. So I went back to work on Tuesday, and the very first thing I did was started work on your bases. So you and the other, you and the other Texas guys were kind of whining a little bit about nobody making 80 millimeter. Yeah, about nobody, none of these base people making any 80 millimeter bases. So... I uh, took care of you guys. I took care of my bros in Texas, and I made up uh, three different ones. The challenging aspect of it was I start. I had one. I I went and I just for you guys, literally broke the base off of my uh, uh, one Leviathan I own. So I have no base for that guy because it was the only eighty millimeter base I had that wasn't already, uh, you know, done up, painted, whatever. So I took that base off, took it to work. Uh, made you know made a base for you guys and was like you know this turned out really good. The only problem is all these guys down in Texas they're psychos so they all run more than one uh, Leviathan or whatever so they're going to need more than one because who wants the same base you know duplicated over and over that's boring. So I was like well let's do more than one. So. My problem was I didn't have another 80 millimeter base. So I call my friends. I'm like, do any of you guys have loose 80 millimeter bases? No, they don't. So I'm like, well, great. So I'm racking my brain on what to do. So what I decided to do was make, I cut my own 
like real out of thin plastic card 80 millimeter circle and then built the base on top of that and then just sent you like what i call a base topper so you have one actual base that's actually the base with all the stuff on top of it and then I, you're getting two that are just built on plastic card so when you get them you're supposed to glue that plastic card topper onto a 80 millimeter base and it should fit perfect and then it's basically going to surface your base with all the basing materials and stuff. So I'm glad you so told because I would have just been like, "What is this? What is this shit?" Yeah, is this how they play in <laughs> Indianapolis on flat bases. Get but out of my face! Cutting perfect circles out of plastic card isn't the easiest thing to do, but we got it done. So you had said that you wanted because I asked you what you wanted, and you said you wanted. Um, like a tore up road or something to represent like something marching down like a, a wrecked street or whatever. So I feel I like think I, I specifically said a torn up school zone. I think that's what. <laughs> well, I couldn't fit a swing set. I couldn't fit a swing <laughs> set on there or a crossing guard. You know, <laughs> just a, a crossing guard like doing this. Like, hey, stop. Yeah. Just so crossing. so it it basically is like a street. So you got some sidewalk on there. You got a couple uh, uh, drain like like graded drains on there. There's one with a stop sign that's all smashed on it. There's one with a street light on it. Um, there's one that's just like asphalt with some craters in it. So, I th- I think they look pretty good. You got three different ones, so you can cast them up and pass them out. I think they look fucking great, dude. Like they're fantastic. I appreciate all your effort. They look great from the pictures. I can't <laughs> wait to get them in. They'll get casted up. Be golden. You're gonna see them. Everywhere. So, I, I because I was short a work day because I didn't work on Monday. I started them on Tuesday and then was scrambling around trying to find bases. And by the time I realized there's no way I'm gonna get bases, I went ahead and just said screw it and then didn't get them done by Wednesday night. So I mailed them Thursday and I mailed them priority, hoping that you would get them. You know, it'd be three day, it'd be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But I just missed the cutoff, I guess, to or the day that I actually mailed them counted as a day. So you're not going to get them till Monday. So we'll have to talk. Like once you receive them and you open them up and see how glorious they are in person, you can <laughs> thank me next show. But you didn't get them for this show. But I gotta avert so, my eyes. I can't don't look so, at them directly. Yeah. So you can you can have those glorious bases. You can mount your gold dreadnought upon. So. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, so I built those. That was what I did on uh, Tuesday and. Wednesday, so I built a second Avenger Strike Fighter. I got uh, the one in for my last uh, Forge World order when my shadow over my uh, Stormblade showed up. So I built that one. Um, so it's ready to go. I mean, I ready for paint. And then I started on the Stormblade. So got the tracks about half done because I'm doing all the Blood and Skulls conversions on it. My alarm's going off. Sorry. Um, because i uh, doing all the Blood and Skulls conversion work on it, it's taking... It takes a long time. You got There's a lot of little parts to clean. You got to actually, like, mount some plastic card pieces inside the track wells for the, the new Blood and Skulls tracks to lay on. There's a lot of, like, little things you have to do to convert those. Um, that guy does a great job building those kits, and there's a cool... If you go to YouTube, there's videos of people putting them together, which is what I did to get the info that I did. Now, I've already done my other one, so this one's a little easier this go-around, but it's still like I want to take my time and do it right. Um, it's going to be an expensive model because I'm taking 
a Forge World kit and then bought like another hundred and thirty dollars worth of conversion bits to put on the whatever I don't remember what I paid for it for Forge World. I think it's like a hundred and twenty pounds, something like that, for the Stormblade, whatever it is. Yeah. So oh yeah. It's like a two hundred plus dollar model I'm screwing around with, so I don't want to mess it up. So I started on that. And then my Stormlord, I already had it essentially built, but it didn't have, like, all the spikes and stuff on it. So I went ahead and uh, put all the spikes and stuff on the Stormlord so it fits with my Militia. So it's fully done. Um, I magnetized the Sponson, so that's fully magnetized. It's ready for paint, ready to go. And then my two Malkadors and my 50 Militia bodies um, that I ordered... Um, and then my buddy's got some other stuff, but uh, my portion of the order was two Malkadors and 50 Militia Torsos. Uh, those finally arrived, so I need to start working on those, but those are still just in their baggies. I haven't even really opened them up yet to do anything with them. So I'm going to take the... First thing I'm going to do is take the Militia Torsos and convert up some crew for those Gorgons that I finished a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever. Um so I'll get the crew built for those, and then I'll start to work on those Malkadors. I changed my list around for my Militia, where I had two Malkadors in the list originally, and now I'm down to one, but I'd already ordered these two. So I may just build one and make it Militia, and then save the other one and um, do it for one of my Legion armies, since the Malkador tank is a lot better in the new... Uh, red book so don't really know what i'm gonna do with that second malkador but i got one made in Durain. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly what paint up paint up here's a super, for your super expensive resin model let's make it into terrain <laughs> i think i'm good i think i'll no, paint ball it. out son <laughs> yeah. it's already painting me enough to like drill a bunch of holes in it glue a bunch of spikes on it and cover it in shitty rust paint but it is what it is you know, I was, I was looking at the uh, the Forge World site to you know verify the price of the Stormblade, and did you see that it just went out of stock? Yeah, I bought the last one. I was laughing because Samson, because he's seen mine, and I was talking about how awesome it was and why I like it. Because you can take all those other Baneblade chassis in your Marine armies now, but because you have to use their profile in the Apocalypse book, none of them have access to Armored Ceramite. So the Stormblade right. is, is the only Baneblade chassis tank in a, that you can take in a Marine Army that actually gets the 30K upgrade options, like the the better penal weapons, like the multi-meltas, things like that, and the um, Armored Ceramite upgrade. And then all and then also because I play Blood Angels, I can, you know, swap all of its, you know, heavy flamers heavy for assault cans. So, so it, get, it gets it all. So it's the total package. So I was talking to Samson about it when he was up here for Budokan, and he uh, he was wanting one, so he got and he was talking to me about it or whatever. And he goes, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna break down and order one." So he texts me and he goes, "They're out. They're sold out." And I'm like, "Yeah, I bought the last one. They're not gonna make anymore. That's it." <laughs> giving him <laughs> they, hard they time. burnt the mold. They, they burnt the mold. <laughs> I told him, I said, "I'm only gonna buy this tank off you if you uh, break the mold, so nobody else can do it after I build it." So <laughs> I don't just want to buy the tank. I want to buy all the tanks. <laughs> so he actually made. made me take pictures of all the resin pieces that come in it. Cause he's wanting to maybe try to convert one out of a 
Warhound Titan plasma blast gun arm. So I don't know if he's actually going to do that or wait for it to come back in stock or what's going on. It doesn't so. look that too different. It doesn't look very much different than the plasma blast gun arm. Yeah. Just need that. It's possible. Good luck, David. Good luck. Yeah. I don't need. I don't know if he's going to do it or wait. I. I mean, he was. He asked me for those pictures, so I sent them to him. But that's pretty much it. That's all I've done. I, I still haven't painted anything. I'm itching to paint. I'm in this building mode. The goddamn Swedish dudes and their escalation thing got me started on this militia army, and then I bit off way more than I can chew. And I'm not even built. I'm not even built like the 300 models for the army, let alone paint them. Like I'll be lucky to meet the goals just building the stuff and getting it primed. There's so much of it. So just waiting because I didn't have like, I really with this army, with as many bits and as much conversion stuff as I'm doing and all this stuff, just order the models, get them in, get all the conversion bits, get it all laid out. What model needs what, all this and that has taken since basically I started that escalation league and I just got the final models I need in yesterday. <laughs> that's, that's how it usually runs, dude. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, forget getting it painted. If I could just get it assembled and primed, you know, I'll be happy, I guess. Definitely. But I did get a few things painted. I painted that Lord commander guy wrote the fluff for the army and all that. So the escalation league was still cool and it still benefited me because I did. It's not painted, but I did build an entire, like I owned virtually no mod, like the, you know, just the small 500 point section I took to Adepticon is all that I own for it. So I now have like a 3,500 point militia army, probably more than that because I had a Baneblade originally and now I've switched to a Stormlord and now I have an extra Malkador apparently. <laughs> so if I were to run it all like in an onslaught detachment or something, I would probably have, you know, approaching 4,000 points of militia now. <laughs> That's perfect. That's how it all starts. So it starts little and blows you up. So what I'm probably going to do, because like I said, it's hopeless on getting it painted in time. I may go ahead and finish my thousand point painting goal and just paint the Ogrens because I already got the Lord Commander painted, and then um, switch back over to uh, Blood Angels or something. Because right now I'm at a point where, especially with this new Red Book coming out and changing stuff, now none of my armies are like what I want to run so i don't like i don't have a fully painted army that's like top to bottom of i wrote this list this is exactly what i want to run and all these models are painted does that make sense so i can yeah. field fully oh, yeah. painted armies but there's things i would like to swap out so i need to pick something and actually finish it and go this is a list i want to run now all the models are painted for it so i haven't decided what that is yet i gotcha i feel you uh, I'm the exact opposite. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be building for my Blood Angel, so. And I don't have anything I could swap out. There's no, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no alternatives. That's exactly what I'll be fielding. So I think I'm going to yeah. paint my disqualified entry for the Scandus Dreadnought thing. I think that's going to be the next thing I'll paint. I'll probably paint that up just for fun, um, send it over to those guys, and say that even though I'm disqualified, I still have the coolest Dreadnought troll everybody um then i will probably jump in on my blood angels and try to get that my blood angel list that i want to run painted up but i'm still not sure i might paint some salivander stuff i don't know we'll, we'll cross that bridge once i get this scandistrad not painted up and all this malicious stuff at least built 
Yeah, so. I'm super excited to get my Scandis dreadnought painted up. That's a that's a huge deal for me. Uh, but we'll get to that whenever I. Yeah. Whenever it's my turn. So what else did you do? Go ahead. I'm done with my hobby progress. Oh, that's it. It's a little lighter on the plate, but also you know, I guess you did host a horse heresy camp at your house. So yeah, that, that's that's okay. And that makes sense. You know, so I had that. I had a short. Plus, I do a lot of my stuff at work, and I only had a four day work week. Plus, trying to <laughs> trying to build bases for you Texas guys and source all the parts on like, you know, a two day notice that sucked up a lot of my time. So, thank thanks Texas guys for ruining my hobby progress <laughs> section. But so um, I still feel like that's a lot. I mean, build building a Stormblade's no joke, man. I mean, I got like a whole day's work just in like cleaning all the parts, you know, all that stuff. So, no, it's still quite a lot. I just give you shit because like. You're usually, oh, uh, you know, I built this entire fucking army and then put together 600 models and 20 tanks, and uh, it's like, oh, okay, well, I feel shitty because I assembled three Delegatus. <laughs> Let me just go. <laughs> assembled three Centurions. Let me go fuck myself. So, yeah, but anyway, I, I definitely, I'm, I need to, probably next week, we'll still just be building stuff because I, I need to build build that Malkador build the crew for the Gorgons and then um, finish the Stormblade. And then I'll probably, I got my airbrush already set up. I got a whole bunch of crap. All the stuff that I've been building for like the last three weeks all needs airbrush. So I got basically have a, a queue. So I got Wordbearer stuff to airbrush, Blood Angel stuff to airbrush. Um, the flyers that I'm going to be doing in Imperial Navy colors to airbrush. Um, and I got a few, I got a Dreadclaw and like five melted gun guys for my salamanders to airbrush. So I'll get all that airbrushed. So that's usually what I do. I find a bunch of stuff, just go into build mode, just build stuff uninterrupted, just build, 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 get a bunch of stuff built, sit down at my airbrush, airbrush everything, get it all airbrushed, and then paint for a long time. You know what I mean? Then then start knocking out painting stuff. So it'll probably be a long time, hopefully, before I buy anything because my wallet was straight on fire like the end of this year like the last month or whatever, just buying, buying, buying models. Um, once again, curse you Swedish guys for doing the escalation thing and making me buy a whole militia army. So no, no, thank you. <laughs> Bless you. So, but anyway, also curse you forge world for changing the red book and make me want to buy like nine javelin speeders. So <laughs> anyway, so back to your hobby progress. What'd you do? Well, man. So I already told you that my gold Leviathan dreadnought was playing it painted up. So I uh, got that done probably about two weeks ago. So this week I was like, you know what? Time to hit it with some decals and just completely load it down with what I think would look cool on it. So that was a whole process in itself, man. I really went through like I've got this like empty cup here on my desk of just, like, empty-ass decals or decals. I say decals just because... I have trying horse to, uh, trying to, Yeah, you know, trying to show how uh, how fluent I am in other languages. <laughs> but, uh... So I went through all these different decals for the, for the Dreadnought itself, and, like, I was like, man, this seems, like, too, too gaudy. This seems too flashy and all that. Because, like, the Dreadnought's already fucking gold. So it's, you know... <laughs> Golden ass dreadnought, and you just think to yourself, like, man, I don't want him to look like 
a, a Persian dreadnought. I want him to look like a, you know, just like a, a sanguinary guard, like somebody who actually, you know, was proud of his armor, but, you know, didn't want to show stuff off all Did of you it. put nipples so, you on know, him? I had all these different... No, I haven't put nipples on him. I need to put nipples on him. But, uh... But I did, I mean, I, 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 I really went with, like, the the like minimalistic i was like okay i'm gonna put one little blood angels decal on top and then i'm going to uh put like some script on the front plate of him and then on my other death blossom on on the front of his shoulders i have those skull markings which i think they're meant for squad markings i don't think they're meant for kill markings but they're like the perfect size to to look like kill markings so i put that i put like five on that one death blossom and i was like you know what this dude's been around for a long ass time because he's all sanguinary guarded out like he's got this nice ass armor i was like let's go ahead and load him up as much as i can without like overflowing his arms and so like each of his arms has like i think one side has nine the other side has like seven kill markings on it so like he killed 16 of something i don't know what it is yet but he killed 16 of it and so Finish that guy up, man. Got him. The only thing I'm missing is uh, his assault cannon nipples. Uh, so with those, I like I said with my with my other dreadnoughts, I've been using the Terminator assault cannons from like a basically man. I sourced them out from everybody from Sean from uh, CZ Initiative to like. Uh, it, everybody just sent me assault cannons, like just to get me those uh, Terminator cannons. So I got some off of eBay, everything like that. And then this guy on uh, Heresy 30K forums, which if you, I, if y'all listening out there, and if y'all you know you listen to us and you like us, and you haven't been to the Heresy 30K forums, go check it out. I think it's like Heresy 30K dot blogspot or something like that. Uh, totally worth it. I mean, you can see so much cool stuff getting worked on, and just like right, it's Heresy 30K dot dot com. And it's just like you gotta sign, you gotta sign up and log in to actually see some of the things on there. But uh, on the Blood Angel side of it, um, one of these guys posted up his uh, Leviathan Dreadnought, and he of course swapped out the heavy flamers on the front of it with uh, the assault cannons, like I did. Except he used the new Proteus rotary cannons or rotor cannons, and it looks so much better with that heat shield on the front. Everything looked fucking great, and so. Uh, I mean, it just hands down, like, I was like, that is the route I need to go. I need to pop all this stuff off. So I ended up ordering uh, uh, 15 of those Proteus uh, rotor cannons. So I'm ready to get those put on, ready to get those put on his nipples. So he's kind of, like, titty gun, titty gunless right now. So You also need a base, but, uh, but who took care of you? Yeah, you did. You, who you runs, sure did. Who, ru- sure who runs Barter Town? <laughs> You run Barter Town? I don't. <laughs> it's Master Blaster. Have you but, ever seen? Oh, I'm thinking of Barter Town, the actual like website. No, 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 no. Mad Max Barter Town. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, I'm sorry. I skipped the guy over the, always the, the guy Mad always flex, he always flexes up his authority like like he's always like does something to like show his authority and then he's like and who runs Barter Town and then makes everybody say that he runs Barter Town. To prove that he's the man. <laughs> you run, you, you run Bartertown, Ryan. You run Bartertown. <laughs> so, but yeah, with that pretty, like, what sucks is you just can't order 
like rotor cannons. Like that just doesn't happen. Like you don't just get to go online and forge roll and just place an order for Proteus rotor cannons. You gotta, you know, make it worth your while to pay all that shipping. So with that, I was like, you know what? May as well get my Daredeo ordered. So I ordered a Daredeo. And then I also got three squads of MK Mark V assault marines. And so you don't see many Mark V guys and they're they're really cool looking. Yeah, yeah, they're very cool looking. Uh and so I've got thirty Mark IV assault marines, and then this will this will add on to them. Originally what I was gonna do with all those assault marines, because I have thirty assault marines that are in Mark IV. I have thirty Mark Six Dark Furies, and then I was gonna make like this huge like Raven Guard army, but instead I'm uh, like, I don't know, I think I'm gonna go Blood Angels with it. I think I'm just gonna make a full Blood Angels like Day of Revelations assault army with it. So that that's that's what I was thinking when I was placing the order. Anyway, what actually I do with it, nobody will know. We'll find out. So. But yeah, so that's that's where uh, that was where my hobby progress was this week. Just putting decals on a Leviathan dread. Oh, and I painted up my uh, uh, my actually through consoles. I pretty much finished my apothecary. I did the Ultramarines look where it's like the white boots and the the. I think it's in the yeah. I think I told y'all this last time. Uh, I painted that up white and kind of got his white finished off. I'll, I'll be posting pictures of that pretty soon, and then. Uh, I found out I clogged my airbrush pretty hardcore. So I did not get any more progress done on my Scandish Dread. So Oops. I should have followed, a, like, Chris Birch gave some pretty good advice whenever we were at Adepticon. He's like, look, he's like, if you're going to buy the uh, Patriot 105, go ahead and also pick up these kits. And, like, basically the kit was, like, the needle, the needle housing or bell or whatever the fuck it's called. And then that tip, he's like, go ahead and pick up these kits as well. They're like $10. Like, I think at Adepticon, they were like 8 bucks a pop. So they're like super cheap at Adepticon. But in normal, like real life, they're like $10 each. Uh, but it's, he's like, pick up this because you're going to eventually come to the point where you bend the needle or you're actually going to clog up the bell housing where it's irreparable or irreversible. And so I came to the point where I clogged up that little tip to where there's so much red paint in there. I don't, I don't even know how I did it because uh, I cleaned my brushes after every use, but apparently I did. So I had to get that uh, that needle ordered and reordered. <clears throat> but what's crazy is, like, if uh, if uh, Birch hadn't have told me that, that's Birch with Scattershot Painting, by the way, if he hadn't have told me that, I wouldn't have known that that existed, and so I would have thought that the airbrush was, like, a total loss, you know? Like, it's like, fuck, yeah. this thing's done. So if y'all are out there and y'all have a Patriot 105, a Badger Patriot, they sell these like little replacement kits. I think they just know that's like, look, eventually you're gonna fuck this up. You're gonna like not clean it well enough. And I, I feel like I never clean my brush well enough. Like I, I don't know. I just, but uh, but they sell these kits They're like ten bucks out there. You can go find them. They're all over eBay. Everybody sells them. And it's just this kit that you can rebuild. It gives you a brand new needle, brand new little tip that goes on the inside, and a brand new front tip that actually goes on the outside. So, you know, if you're out there and you airbrushed one time, you bought a really nice airbrush and fucked it up the first time, there you go. You got it out. You can uh, get back into it. So, just a little tidbit, a little information right there. 
But that's where I'm at, man. That's, uh, that's all I got. Have you ever fucked up an airbrush like that? Have you ever like had an irreversible airbrush fuck up? Um, no. I've always cleaned mine out, and we've always been good to go. What do you use? Do you use Batcher or do you use a a Wada? What the cleaner? Other brand? No, like the actual airbrush. Oh, I have a Posh. Oh, I have a Posh. A Posh. I don't know what that is. Is that a bad? It sounds like. I mean, it sounds way more expensive than. No, it's like the. It's probably cheaper than them. It's like a. I mean, it's so. I mean, they're an okay airbrush. I think my airbrush was like seventy bucks. Okay, yeah, it's about the same price as Badger. You, you you must admit that the name sounds way more expensive. Than it's like German Badger. or whatever. The posh. That sounds like just like I feel like I owe somebody ten dollars just for saying that. But anyway, so yeah, so irreversible airbrush fuck up. That's pretty much all I got for hobby progress, man. Like, cool. Kind of, kind of fizzled out on that whole topic there in general. Looks like we're gonna have to <laughs> squeeze into some space wolf speculation. Yeah. Okay, guys. So check this out. So we we're about to talk about some uh, space wolf uh, speculation and all that jazz, uh, but my doorbell rang like right as Ryan said, "Yep." Like the doorbell rang, and uh, I just got these sweet as. Leviathan Dreadnought bases in and some magnets. But more importantly, these Leviathan Dreadnought bases in, dude. These look fucking fantastic, man. Just just ripped them open. Just getting them open now. They've got like sidewalks and stuff like that. There's a down stop sign right next to where this, I guess, child died because there's a skull <laughs> there. You said you wanted a uh, destroyed playground. So, so uh, <laughs> your Leviathan... A Leviathan with heavy flamers or a box dread with a flamestorm cannon uh, fried a bunch of children, and that's all that's left is the child's skull. Yeah, dude. And I even put, at- a, I put a street light in there for you where you can throw a street light on one of them. I, I even drew a little half circle on one of them where the street light goes. So after I cast it, oh, there's a street light. After I cast this, mine will be the only one that has a street light. Mine will be the. Well, you can get those. Um, they're shh, in. Shh, 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 oh. shh, shh. We don't have to okay. tell anybody. Where okay. to... I know. I know where to get them, but they don't need to know. Well, for real though, <laughs> they they just came out. The sector, the sector imperialis, sector imperialis large base detail kit is literally just like a bunch of like broken up plastic bits from that sector imperialis, imperialis thing and a couple extra of those light poles and all kinds of things. So I believe there's two light poles in that. And then also in every GW, like plastic terrain kit where you can build like the mechanic and buildings and all that other stuff, the sprue that comes with the walkways that glue on the inside also comes with a street light. So oh, yeah. that's where, that's where that street light comes from. Man, I miss, remember when they had the like actual cities of death box you could buy and it was not a million dollars. I want to say it was like 185 or something like that. It was like really cheap. You get like 10 buildings in it. Whenever yep. they first came out with like. Now they just have death. the imper- Imperial Sector where you get one of each and it's like $120. Yeah. Damn. The good old days. But yeah, man, what is this piece, the manhole cover? It is a piece of granny grating. And what that is. You'll have to go to your hobby supply, like go to a craft store, like not a hobby store, like a like a craft store, like Michaels or 
Hobby Lobby or someplace where they sell like knitting and crocheting stuff. And they have this like weird looking, it's like a nylon plastic. It's like a real slick, smooth looking plastic. It's usually like white or off white in color. And I've always just called it granny grading. It's for like arts and crafts where you can like weave um, yarn and whatever through to put images on. And a lot of old people use it for crafts. So that's why I got, got the nickname granny grading. But they make it in different shapes. They make it in square and, you know, rectangle, big sheets of it, round sheets, whatever. The So the square ones are obviously just laid out in a plain grid pattern, and they make it with different size squares. So, like, if you wanted to make, a like, a portcullis door for, um, like, a fantasy model or something, you can get, like, bigger squares depending, or smaller squares if you wanted to do, like, actual catwalk or whatever with it. So I have a whole bunch of it in different square sizes for like when I used to build orcs because you could do a lot of, you know, walkways, catwalks, floors and stuff for your vehicles that look pretty rad. And then they sell this round stuff. It's the same thing, but instead of just being on a square pattern, it radiates from the center in a circle pattern. So I just cut the very center out of one of the circle ones and glued it on top of a piece of plastic card and it makes it look like a like a relief like a relief how a manhole cover looks. That's and I exactly should know I should know cuz I used to install sanitary sewers so I put I've probably set hundreds of manholes so I know exactly what a manhole cover looks like. And they're really? heavy as fuck. They're heavy as fuck if you've ever picked one up. Wow. There's a little side of you I did not know about. Yeah. And hey look at that. It's right on the base. Oh, the the base topper? Yeah. Yeah. Top the base perfectly. It's glued on. It's solid. Straight to the casters, boys. So. Yeah. But yeah, dude. And uh, what's this uh, white jazz on the base as well? Like, it looks like plaster, but not. It looks. It's my, it's my special mixture of uh, drywall joint compound mixed with kitty litter to give it like a gravelly look. And then you just take a popsicle stick, stick it in there and smear it around. Or if you're me, you just use your damn hands. Cause I don't care about getting dirty, but <laughs> you, your straw for your drink. You just, yeah. you, you, just <laughs> you don't even, you can still but, use it afterwards. But, uh, but if you don't want to have a giant mess and have it in your beard and in your pubes and everything else you touch after you mess with your model, scratching your nuts, whatever, then you, <laughs> um, use a popsicle stick. So, and then uh, there's like some little bricks on there. I think I got those. Like Pegasus Hobby sells like little bags of like scale sized bricks. Put those on there. And then Games Workshop used to actually sell like basing kits that had like model bases. So there's a part of one of the sidewalks that is actually a pre-molded base for like a square base for like a fantasy model that I used as one section of the sidewalk. Yep, you're pointing to it right there. So that I just worked that in. Um, it was a different uh, thickness to the rest of it, so I had to like lay some stuff underneath it to get it right at the right height of the other things that were going on there. And then for the curb, I just used some uh, plastic, plastic card like square tube or whatever and then used some mo like modeling sand and some other stuff on there. So there's a little bit of everything on there. There's some a hobby railroad stop sign on one of them that I broke up and put on there. I think think they look pretty rad. They do, dude. They look so rad. I'll take some pictures and post them up with the the picture dump for you guys that are listening and like 
probably just imagining what these bases look like. What you're imagining is like not at all what it is because they're better. They're better than what your brain could imagine. If you notice the plat the for the base toppers, the plastic card I used as the base is actually textured, and I thought it looked like asphalt, like miniature. Like if you were to put asphalt in miniature, that's what it would look like. So I'm hoping your mold is able to pick that up, but it may be too fine to do so. But I don't know. Oh, it'll pick it up. Don't you worry about that. There we go, dude. And I trim the trim the topper to where it's perfectly aligned with this base now. Right, because I, I I told you they may require just a tick of trimming, but it should have been close. But yeah, well, because I what had happened is I could have made it exact, but I'd already built the other one, and the other one's uneven because I put the sidewalk on there, so I didn't even have anything to line it up with. So I just kind of had to eyeball it. Um, so it is what you, it is. You did good, dude. My leviathans are gonna look great on these bases. I don't even want to cast them. I don't even want other people to have these bases now. But well, you have one for each of yours, but you said you were going to cast them and be nice for those other Texas guys, so you better do it. Be nice. Fuck them. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys. I love you. So what else did you get in? You said you got in another handy tool that we've talked about on the show before. Okay, so actually, I've got in... I got in six millimeter by one magnets, okay? So six millimeter wide by one millimeter tall. These are basically going to be the... Uh, hinges for my dreadnought drop pods. So these will slide, like the little nubs that come on the dreadnought drop pods, I chop those off, which they're about one millimeter each, and instead I replace it with this six millimeter wide magnet. And inside the slots where the actual nub is supposed to go, I'm putting a three millimeter by three millimeter magnet in there. You know, rare earth, of course. And so I've got these six millimeter by one millimeter magnets in, and ready to totally put these bitches on. And the first thing I remember is I bought this handy little tool that Ryan suggested. And what's it called, Ryan? It's called a it's magnet a, applicator. It's a, a magnet applicator from Corsec Engineering. C-O-R-S-E-C, uh, I believe. And you can find him on eBay. He's just got an eBay store. If you type in a magnet applicator in eBay or Corsec magnet applicator, it should come up on eBay. So this thing has been sitting, like, on my nightstand, just ready to be used. And so as soon as I got the magnets in, I was like, fuck yeah, let me put these magnets on. I was like, <gasps> the applicator. <laughs> and so I ran to my room, got the applicator. Golden, man. It works so well. It works exactly like you would imagine it's supposed to work. Just, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's a spring-loaded, like, pin casing with a screw inside of it, and you push down to make the to reveal the screw tip what, i guess like the, which is the, which is metal so magnets stick to it so magnet sticks to it and then you let go and the aluminum stops the magnet from going and just whoop you uh, got yourself no uh, more glue no more glue on your fingers no more glue on your fingers ladies uh it works so perfectly and i just glued on two magnets like we we stopped the podcast just so i can go get this package from my front door and, like, I had to give it a try, and it works just perfectly. I, I glued on two magnets. It's it's so nice. I can't wait the, to get the other The other thing, if you guys do a whole ton of magnetizing stuff, another tool, it's kind of expensive. They're, like, 30 to 40 bucks uh, for a good one. Um, I sent a link to Michael on his phone, so if he wants to post it up for you, uh, he can. The one that I have, 
there's a little tool. It looks almost like an electronic uh, thermometer, if you if you knows what, what those look like. But it has LED lights uh, on it, and you just touch it to a magnet, and the light that corresponds to whichever pole that you're touching it to lights up on the thing. So if you have magnets in something and you've stuck it in there and you're like, oh, well, which side facing do I need to put this magnet on so you don't get your magnets reversed when you're like doing arms to shoulders or whatever, this thing, mm-hmm. you can quickly just touch it. The light comes on. It tells you exactly what pole that is so that you know, you know what I mean? I'm to, to buy that, actually. So it's they're pretty handy. I think they're like 35 40 bucks. You might be able to find one cheaper. The one I got is from that uh, K&J Magnetics website, which is the only place to buy magnets in my opinion. Like, if you're getting them somewhere else, stop. Look up K&J Magnetics. Click Products. Go to their N52 magnet section, as they are the strongest rare earth magnets in the world. Find the size you want and order them. They're the best. No complaints. I used to use... uh, Somebody else's, I can't remember the name of the company, but the arms were always falling off. When you pick the model up, they would always fall off. It was a pain in the ass. Um, I found those N52 magnets. I, my favorite size is the uh, 3 16th inch by a 1 8th inch thick or 3 16th inch by 16th inch thick. Um, that's what I use for Marines. I put the 1 8th inch thick in the torso since you can drill the cavity deeper because the torso is thick. And then I put the 1 16th in the shoulder because you can't drill the cavity as deep, and it you can literally pick the marine up by the magnetized arm and shake it, and the you, the marine will not fall off the arm. They are legitimately strong. You you almost like think that they're glued together. Like I have some like I have flamer guys for my salamander. Some are magnetized and some are glued, and I had to mark the bottom of the bases because I kept breaking arms off of glued ones because I just thought that the magnet was like that's how strong the magnets are. because you have to put enough force on them to actually get them off that i was you know picking it up and do like oh i think this one's magnetized and then it snapped the arm off so i just marked them so that i know without breaking arms off anymore but anyway they're legit definitely check them out they ain't your granddad's they ain't your granddad's magnets yeah make sure you get the n52s that's their strongest ones they have n40s and n52s you can shop by category just go straight to the n52 category that's the ones you want and they also have that uh, uh, magnet pole checker. They have one there. Like I said, you might be able to find one from someplace else. That's where I got mine. Um, and then that Corsac Engineering magnet applicator. So there's some hobby knowledge for you guys. Love it. Yeah. So right. anyway, so that's what came in the mail just now, right at the end of Hobby Progress talking about. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. What a clutch. USPS is clutch today. Yep. I shipped that stuff on Thursday, so it's pretty fast to get from Indiana to Texas in three days, like, you know, three day, two business days. And I guess, I mean, I mailed it on Thursday. So they had half a day Thursday, then all Friday, and then this morning. That's pretty quick. So quick. I'm, I'm glad they came in today. I got some modeling to do, so I'm totally looking forward to just tossing these in a uh silicone mold i don't do you do you mold your own stuff like have you molded any like uh i got something i'll i'll show it to you after we're done doing the podcast but the short answer is no not really i suck at it but i tried one time but i may have <laughs> something i could send send to you that you can use in the future 
<laughs> I feel like whatever you molded is like some abomination, like some poor like model. Kill me. The actual mold, the mold I created itself is legit, and I will send it to you because you will use it. It's me mixing resin to fill the mold up to get stuff out of it that sucks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll talk about that after the cast. But anyway, let's move on to Space Wolf speculation my friend book seven do you want to start do like we 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 both kind of like had a pretty good talk before this about what's going on so (laughs) so i guess uh what do you what are you thinking i like for me if if, like just starting out i i was saying that this is going to be something where like whoever's writing the book can just like call this one in you know, phone it in, just copy and paste the third edition codex over to the new Legion rules. But I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm out of out of my mind. Or, or do you think they're gonna have all the special units like Blood Claws, Grey Hunters? Like in my head, they're gonna have all three of those. They're gonna have everything. They're gonna have the entire See, everything that they have. I just don't know because, like we kind of talked about. We haven't seen so in in 40k you have like the the Space Marine Codex and yeah there's different chapters in there but they all kind of have the same army list or whatever and all the units that are in that book are available to all the other you know chapters that are in that book so the ones that are like split off that get their own like special treatment are Space Wolves, Dark Angels, Blood Angels and those guys none of those guys are out yet so you don't really know what to expect. I mean, are they going to come up with their all their own 30K stuff? Or are they going to put the classic 40K units back into the 30K setting and maybe just give them new rules or whatever? Because we, what's weird is you would think, because uh, the for, like 40K has obviously been out first and they already had chapter tactics out by the time that they did 30K, but if you look, none of the... 40k chapter tactics match the 30k ones they're subtly different so like the salamander one in 40k is you get a four plus feel no pain against flamer weapons used against you and you gain master crafted on all your flamers which essentially makes them where you get to reroll the wound where in 30k it's plus one strength to all your flamer weapons that you use and minus one strength against them used against you so it's a similar ability but they made sure it was different um same thing with blood angels blood angels in 40k have furious charge blood angels in 30k have the you know plus one to your all your to wound rolls so it's similar but not the same iron hands in 40k have six up feel no pain iron hands in 30k have minus one to the strength of all shooting so i guess what i'm trying to say here is they've not really like utilized anything that's you know like this is a classic 40k you know thing or whatever for these chapters they've they've done something similar but you know what i mean so i don't know so i don't know if they're going to use like blood claws and gray hunters or if that's like a 40k thing like if they'll just do their own shit and then like say that all that stuff came later i guess is what i'm saying so like you were kind of mentioning when we were talking earlier that the uh like blood claws and all that mate man this is like something we should have like age of darkness guys go into because i'm pretty sure they know uh like where the 
long fangs, blood claws, gray hunters, you know, were they around in 30K? Because there's no mention of them. Like, there's mention of, like, ranks like that in, like, Battle of the Fang, but that's, I think it was, like, 30, 32 to 35K. That's not really... Right, and and I didn't, like, go back and listen to Prospero Burns or whatever just to do this segment. So if somebody's just recently listened to that audiobook or read that book, um, I personally don't recall mention of, like, the word Bloodclaw or the word Grey Hunter in any 30K, actual 30K novel or, you know, publication or whatever when talking about space wolves to my knowledge i mean i'm not saying it's not in there i just don't recall it um i want to say that they mentioned the word wolf guard because um you know like or like all the higher ranking guys like when they were talking about the route in the uh, prospero burns when the the guy first shows up to the planet and he's dealing with the one wolf lord guy that he's got like a trusted circle of warriors or whatever that bjorn is a part of um so i i wouldn't be surprised if there is some type of you know wolf guard unit or whatever i mean you were kind of taught like i fully expect there to be a a space wolves to get a pretty nasty close combat two wound terminator unit i mean i think that's almost they kind of almost have to have that like a a wolf guard battle unit but in terminator yeah yeah something like that or maybe even They've not made a unit yet that I'm aware of that, like, Terminator armor is an option. Like, they start in power armor, but you can buy them Terminator armor other than the command squad, the Chosen. You know how they start an Artificer and you buy them Terminator? So that Mm -hmm. would be cool. Imagine, like, a unit like Space Marine Veterans, you know, with their loadout, but that you could buy Terminator armor for as an additional upgrade. Like, so it's a unit that can be either modeled in Terminator or power armor, but one unit entry. You know, thinking about it now, I think it was Eye of Horus episode 69, I feel like, uh, where they were talking about, the, the, it was uh, it was Tim and Michael speculating about uh, what would be cool in the Space Wolf Codex, and they had mentioned how badass it would be to have uh, the Russ's chosen unit, like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, all of you guys together are badass enough to go kill a Primarch, you know? Like oh the guy the guys that they sent to like Gilliman and all that like the best example of that is in uh, No No Fear I believe yeah they're in uh, they're mentioned in other books they're, that one Fear to Tread and No No Fear has the um, the two like if you read about it they actually kind of give character and name the guys that are in those little um, you know groups of space wolves or whatever yeah they just kind of show up and they're like hey we're here to hang out with you guys. It's like, what do you mean, hang out with us? Don't worry about it. We're just gonna shadow you to make sure. You I mean, act s- up. Spoiler alert! But they can't be that badass because they like in every book they're in, they get their ass <laughs> I think there's some in a word bearer book that they just get tooled by the Galvorback or word bearers, and then the ones in the Blood Angel book, the guys like, you know, get. Uh, they the demons send out the. Uh, basically the beginnings of like the blood angel curse or something that heightens the curse and the blood angels all get super fucking angry and just kill everything that they see. And they murder all the space wolves, captain Amit and his like little crew of dudes just kill them all. I feel like, uh, Lehman Russ is like, Hey, look, check this out. I know you're not gonna be able to kill a Primark. I get it. But if you get a chance, like break his leg or something, you know, just wound him a little bit, you know, do some damage. 
but but yeah, that that'd be cool to have like <laughs> I don't know how that would work out. It's like you start the game. They're like it's very Alpha Legion need to me. It's like you Oh, you start the but game. But I mean, why why would that be a unit though? Cuz like you're talking like if you're building a space wolf force, why would you have 10 guys that shouldn't be with the force? They should <laughs> That's be what out I... doing their job. It's it's like well, what pisses no... me off. And I'm a salamander player and in 40k, nothing made me angrier when talking about salamanders and GW and some of the silly shit they do than the one fucking character that I get is Vulcan Hastan, who's the one fucking character that's never with the chapter because he's always out looking for artifacts. So if he's doing his job, he's never running around with other salamanders. He like comes back for like holidays or whatever to visit with the family. He's but other than that, you know, give me Chapter Master Tushan or like somebody like get it right. It took for, do your it took job, Forge, Vulcan. It took Forge World to make the Badab Wars to get it right, like, you know, what it usually does, Forge World gets it right, and to give me some Salamander characters that aren't some asshole that's never with the chapter. So <laughs> Well, I was, thinking, well, I was saying, like, it could be, like, some Alpha Legion shit, where it's like, okay, you start the game in their deployment zone with them, <laughs> and, like, I don't know, it, it would be some stupid shit that they have to make yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I don't, I personally don't expect that. I mean, I guess they could do something like that. Um, I, I think it, I think a two, cause if you look at the traders, the traders have just Aaron, which are two wound terminators. They have Gal Vorback, which are in power armor, but they're tough five, you know, badasses with demons and all the, like uh, basically the equivalent of that. Then you got the death guard, uh, death shrouds are two wound dudes. The only loyalists that have anything that actually even stand up to any of that are salamanders with fire drinks. I don't think anybody else on the loyalist side as of yet has a close combat unit that even holds a candle to those other three that I mentioned. So I would hope that if they were going to make, you know, really hardcore elite, like two wound per wound, two wound like terminators or two wound like really super badass guys, I would hope that they would to even that out. I would hope it would be space wolves and blood angels that get them. Yeah, I would hope so. Something uh, space wolves, especially and blood angels, maybe like a badass jump unit. Maybe not some terminators though. Well, I, to be honest, like because I played blood angels in 40k, if they just took sanguinary guard, are you familiar with 40k blood angels at all? Yeah. Oh yeah. So if they just took the current rules and points for Sanguinary Guard, I feel like you could port those over to 30K and not change a thing, and it'd be perfect. Like, I don't think anyone would complain about that. Somebody would. Somebody would. Well, I'm just saying, like, as a Blood Angel player, I would be totally happy with that. I don't know that they will, but, I mean, with the as Forge World seems to be struggling, getting kicks kits out right now it's been like essentially a year since we've seen anything new that wasn't a, wor a work in progress a year ago you know they're so behind on stuff it makes you wonder if they won't like on something like that like the sanguinary mar guard models are in plastic they already look fantastic would they you know would they not just say hey just use these guys here's their rules for 30k like just write them new rules but just tell you to use the other model or maybe just make like a an upgrade kit that goes with that model kit. Because if you read the space wolf or the, I know we're supposed to be talking about space wolves, but if you read the blood angel 
like fluff on the sanguinary guard in 30k they describe them exactly how they look and for they're like the same guys so it just makes i mean are they going to build a whole new kit for that and the reason i'm going on this tangent is i wonder we've already heard from different rumor sources i mean these are just rumors that supposedly the 30k space wolves are going to really try to distance them from the 40k ones which in my opinion is good because the 40k ones look like a saturday morning cartoon and so yeah. is the fluff like a he-man like old he-man that was cool when you were nine but i'm actually i'm looking at the uh, open day artwork right now for the space wolves and some of them are they have these uh, Space Wolves in uh, Tatara's armor. And, like a Space Wolf uh, Tatara's Terminator. And like, he doesn't have a wolf pelt. He doesn't have like the wolf's tail. He doesn't have a dagger. He doesn't have none of that shit. He's right. just straight up Tatara's Terminator with runes painted all over him. So, and even looking at the Forge World models, they don't have, none of them have wolf pelts. They're all, well... No, two guys are not helmeted. I don't know, man. It, it, it well, really what if they like... what if they made them like an anti, almost anti sight? Like a lot of their armor, like maybe they have like army wide adamantium will. Because if you look at it, the traders get like all the witchy poo shit. They have word bearers, and now they're going to get thousand suns. So they have like all the psychic stuff in the world. They're going to have to try to balance that somehow. So, I mean, the Loyalists are going to have, like, I figure, for one, I feel like the Loyalists are going to have access to Sisters of Silence, which are going to have some hardcore psychic nullifying powers, and I have a feeling they're going to be like a Agent of the Emperor type thing, like how the Knights Aaron are, where you could just kind of throw them in any army, or maybe even just take an allied detachment of them, but they're going to be Loyalist only, and I would hope that it'll counterbalance some of the unbalance of essentially the trader legions having the majority of the good psychic stuff. What's the cult of Morkai? Um, there's a, an old space wolf character named Eric Morkai. You can look him up. He was just a, a, I don't, I'm not big into space wolves, but I remember that name. And, um, I thought that Eric Morkai was just like a really powerful wolf Lord or whatever. You can, I don't know if you have time to Google him or whatever. Um, then there's an, and there's an axe called the Axe of Morkai that was a second edition artifact, I thought. I, I'm probably speaking out of my ass, but there was an axe for second edition Space Wolves that was like a an axe from a greater demon or like a chaos axe that was like all infused with chaos power that they basically picked up as battlefield spoils and reforged into like a really powerful rune axe for the space wolves. I believe it was called the Axe of Morkai. So the the reason why I ask is because I'm, I'm I'm going through some of the open day stuff and one of the biggest things we could look for and as far as like spoilers goes is like one there's there's a transfer sheet that came, that's coming out and it's got Cults of Morkai icons on there. Uh, it's got great company icons, legion icons, vehicles, shield of Fenris icons, uh, variag icons. I don't know what that is. Variag. Great company banners, vehicle decorations, void wolf, Fenrisian runes, unit icons, and legion numerals. So, so more. 
So real Good. quick, Morakai is the name of the axe that Logan Grimnar has in 40k. Okay. Uh, apparently, this other thing says, and Morkai, the twin-headed guardian of the gates of death who devours the souls of the unworthy. I don't okay. know if that's like actual Viking like stuff. I don't think that. so. I think that's invented from... Yeah, so this, I was right. So the power axe was taken from a chaos champion Logan defeated while he was still a wolf lord. He had it reforged into the image of Morkai, which is the guardian of the wolf gates, like what you were saying. But okay, it, so I believe in I believe in second edition it was just an axe like a warrior card for space wolves. I don't think like a specific character was tied to it, but they've actually tied it to uh, Logan Grimnar. So, so you look at that and like you think about it, and maybe there's going to be like some I don't know like some mournful shit going on, some like brotherhood. I don't know. So. Okay, so if I was writing it, like, what I would want to see, I think that they're going to have some type of runic weapons. We've talked about that, like, because almost every Legion gets Legion-specific war gear. I could see them getting some type of, you know, runic weapon for offensive stuff, and I could see maybe some type of runic armor or a special wolf pelt that you can give to any character, including sergeants, that, like, gives the unit adamantium will or something like that. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, th that's obviously just me making shit up. I, you know, we don't really know what, you know, is coming out. Um, then I would like to see some really hardcore close combat unit, like a unit of two wound dudes. Uh, like I talked about, like do a wolf guard unit where it's like everybody's a veteran stat line with two wounds that you can put in either, you know, power, like power armor or put them in terminator armor. It's your choice. Um, and then I would like to see. I've always liked that Space Wolf scouts aren't... In, in a Space Wolf army, their scouts have never been like the inductees. They've always been like veteran warriors, like almost like lone wolf dudes that go out on their own, like a stealth-type unit. Imagine like a, an actual like good squad of recon marines. It's pretty badass. <laughs> it's like veteran dudes. So like... um, Kind of like the more Dathan, I guess, that Raven Guard get, but like a Space Wolf version that's more based around close combat than shooting. I think that would be pretty cool, and that would be very Space Wolf. I would love for them to come back with the uh, third edition Space Wolf Scout rules where they came directly behind your enemy in the whenever they came in from reserve. Remember that? Yes. So instead of doing the whole outflank thing, they come directly behind. I think that would be badass if they did that. That is That would be pretty fucking cool. I, I, so I used to... Yeah, I'm just like if if I was gonna pick two units, that's what it would be. That like some type of like scout thing, like we're talking about, and then like a really hardcore, like nasty two wound close combat unit. But anyway, and keep then, going about the scout. On top of that, like thinking about it now, like Forge World doesn't have any carapace armored like units right now. Like they like they don't they don't offer any carapace armor scout <laughs> models or anything like that because I think they figure like Games Workshop's got it under control. But right. really, they, they could knock out two birds with one stone on that one. They could do just generalized, like, recon marines and carapace armor and then a space wolf upgrade for recon marines and carapace armor. That'd be pretty brutal. Yeah, that'd be, that could be cool. But that would kind of give you the duality of the space wolves, too, because if you read their books in 30K, they really play them up to be, like, where they act and appear and outwardly seem to be very bar like barbarians 
but they're actually very deep thinkers, very intelligent, very clever, very cunning. So that would, by doing a unit that's just like a brutal beat face close combat unit and then doing a unit that's like more of a subtle where you have to be a good player, know when to come in, which, you know, give them like acute senses or some type of super acute senses. Like, were you like, how how cool would it be when they come in from reserve? You put them in like in uh, outflank reserve. You just pick the board edge they come on, and it could be any board edge, left, right, behind the enemy, your own, whatever. You just get to choose. Yeah, and then you can name them like something clever, like that are like exact opposites of each other or something like that. Like include the word yin and yang in the two different names, <laughs> <laughs> something. But um. To me, that would be cool. And then you could give, because Space Wolf Scouts, the other thing they've always had unique is they've had unique uh, access to actual special weapons. Like, Scouts and other chapters in 40K just either get all bolt guns or sniper rifles or whatever. And then well, I think, like, 1 in 10 can take, like, a heavy bolter or a missile launcher, and that's it. Where the Wolf Scouts have access to, like, melta guns and plasma guns and stuff like that. And I believe it's 1 in 5. Like I said, I'm not a Space Wolf player. I'm just going off of, you know, armies I faced and friends that have talked about them and stuff that I've read, you know, because I've read all the 30K books. I've read a ton of 40K novels about them, but I've never owned or played a Space Wolf Army, you know, where I've, like, religiously sat and read through the Codex and all that. Um, But to me, that would be what would be cool. Like, I would really, really get down on that. Like, if I was a Space Wolf player, that's what I would like to see. I, I feel like there may be something, like, in the way you build your army... I feel like there might be multiple rights of war than more, more rights of war than we see for a, uh, uh, it's like, I don't, I don't really know how, how it makes it like, I want to say like, if it was based on what kind of pack, I know that sounds stupid because it's Space Wolf, but like, like a, based on what kind of a pack you have, an army, you determine the right of war that you're going to be utilizing. So, like, if I wanted a, a, a... If I had, like, the idea is, okay, I want to take out another Space Marine Legion or something like that, like, this is going to be the right of war, like, the hunt or something like that. And so, with that right of war everybody gets like fleet and furious charge and like, or, or like maybe the right of war is called like on the run or something like that. Or like, you know, and then like there's another one. It's like, I don't know, maybe where they're more defensive. So they have like counterattack or something like that. I, I really feel like there's going to be like something where maybe I can see that. Cause like every, every Legion gets two light rights of war. So I can see what you're saying. Like one, once again going back like one should be if you're going to do that make one like just super straightforward beat face like drop pods and units that just come in and immediately get it stuck in you know with a bunch of assault bonuses and then make one where it's more like about maneuvering you get a bunch of maneuver bonuses or you know extra you know movement or initiative bonus or something like that where it's all about setting it up you know for the charge or maybe like bonuses to reserve roles or stuff like that does that make sense yeah no i I completely agree and like i kind of see like maybe a like i said you know it it might be a little bit overpowered but you know i I could definitely see it working out like maybe you pick one right of war and it's okay you don't get any artillery you can't use this you can't use this like tooth and nail only 
but it is like preferred enemy space marines or something like that, you know? Like something just ridiculous that's like you're just there to go fucking get traitors out of their houses. Yeah. You know? Right. But I don't know. You know, and I could totally see because uh, the word bearers have a right of war that's preferred enemy loyalist. I could totally see Space Wolves being the legion that gets preferred enemy traitors. Yeah, that's. I could definitely see that, man. Who who was asking about who wanted just to speculate on the Space Wolves? Um, let's see. His name, his email was Dan two ninety six. So it, he just said thanks. So his email, his actual email is, "Hi guys, I'm a veteran 30k player with a large Alpha Legion army. I'm really interested in starting Space Wolves, but I have no idea what the army's identity is going to look like. We haven't seen much about their Legion rules, rights of war, or anything. What do you think we can expect from them?" And he says, okay. "Thanks, Dan in California." So. I mean, if he's looking to get started now, I mean, I personally would just wait. We're close enough. Like, it's supposed to come out in the fall. That Supposedly, Russ is done, and they're already working on Magnus. So I would just great. wait. I, I wouldn't buy anything. Um, if you're just totally chomping at the bit um, to get going, I personally would get a calf box if you don't already have one. No. And no. Oh. You said we go get a calf box? Yeah, why? You get Man. thirty Mark guys in it. Yeah, but Mark Four looks horrible in that in the Space Wolf upgrades. Eh. Send that boy up for failure. I don't think so, but whatever. So anyway, what pick pick a Mark of our? I'm just saying, get some power armored guys because I feel like they're going to definitely get um some close combat bonuses. So I'm totally. Like, my favorite unit probably right now, like, after the rules changes, are probably Marksman Vets. I feel like Marksman Vets are just so well-rounded. They're cheap. You can give every guy on the unit Melt-A-Bombs. They're three attacks base, four on the charge. And then with Sniper, you can still double-tap with a really good shooting attack that's good at basically killing anything with a toughness value. Um, so if you pair that, um, they're going to have outflank, the, the Sniper Vets do. I have a feeling that Space Wolves will probably get acute senses i believe uh that eye of horus episode you were talking about i want to say tom uh from the mortal tom gold or gould i think's his name he was discussing that um because space wolves have always had acute senses and we've not seen anybody get that that they would be a good legion to give it to where they get to re-roll you know what table edge they come in from outflank so i was just simply stating betrayal of Kalth because you get 30 guys that can be uh loaded out uh, with the three, because they actually come modeled with bolter, bolt pistol, close combat weapon, all in those models. Ten four, I get you. I see. I see why you said that. But I'm looking at these Mark Three Space Wolves in front of me right now, on uh, with the uh, full kits, and they look incredible. They just look so good. Well, see, I feel like the Space Wolf kit is one of the few that it'll go actually go with anything. That's the reason I like their upgrade kits. I feel like you can put that on almost any marker armor and it's going to look good. I, I truly believe that. Where some of them just look really bad. Like the Salamander one, imagine putting that on Mark IV, guys. It would look like total dog shit. Total dog shit. Same thing with, like, World Eaters. If you look at the World Eater ones, they can really go on anything. Like, there's really no specific mark. Like, I feel like the World Eater ones are pretty 
you know, can go with most anything. I think they're supposed to be Mark II, but they don't look bad on Mark III or Mark IV or Mark V. So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, just hold tight if you don't have models already. Um, we uh, we kind of, you know, talked about what we both hope they get, think they'll get, whatever. But, I mean, it's so close to come into fruition, like the real legit shit. I would just wait to see what they're going to get and then make the move then. What do you think about, you thinking uh, Contemptors will be a limited thing just for the whole cursed bullshit? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, because we've seen White Scars come out. White Scars supposedly have no Dreadnoughts, like none. And there's nothing that limits. We've seen their rules. We've not seen their special units, but we've seen their rules, and it doesn't mention anything about that in their rules. You think they'll be able to deep strike using teleport? See, that's another thing. Same thing with flyers. Like, for a long time, they didn't like flying. They didn't like teleporting. They didn't like any of that. I could definitely see their right of war having those restrictions. I don't know if the Legion itself will just straight have those restrictions. Because hmm. if you think about it, the only way to get... We've went over this in our Terminator episode. Like, there's not that many things with, like, teleport deep strike unless you take a specific like orbital assault where it gives terminators deep strike or whatever um so i mean i definitely don't think they're going to be a legion that like gets a teleport transponder like imperial fist do <laughs> if that's what you're asking no yeah but i'm just trying to think i don't, of, like, I don't all know the... if it will i don't know if it will specifically state you can never teleport these guys i mean it might i don't know they're all like Mr. T from the A-Team where they had to like knock his ass out before he'd get on a plane. Yep, exactly. That's exactly the way I see them as well. So that's why like, you know, I kind of, I wonder like, okay, like, you know, when like you have a, I don't know, like you have like an ex-girlfriend and you're like, well, you know, she doesn't like this, right? She doesn't like that. It's like, oh, she likes that now? She does that? Okay, never mind. Like, fine, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, I feel like that's how space wolves are. Like, I... I used to play them a long time ago, third edition. And like, I remember like all the little things you couldn't like have with them. You couldn't take with them. It's like, Oh, I guess they just do that now. I guess it's just okay now. Like they, they grew up. Well, I so. mean like in 40 K they gave them their own specific flyer and it's one of the best flyers. And it's the, it, for a long time. It was when it came out, it was the best. It like made a storm storm Raven look like shit. It was like so much better. It was like, Oh, it's less points and has more guns and better guns and holds more guys. Cool story. You know, so and before they just hated flying and they had and teleporting. And... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we could definitely see a Bjorn though, like a non dreadnought Bjorn. He has to be in there. Like he's so ingrained in the space wolf lore that like and it and like everybody says he hung out with Russ, bro. He he knows Russ. He. Like they have to have him. I, I, I say like I would hope. Could... I mean, but they don't have a Herman yet. They don't have Lucius the Eternal yet, which I'm hoping that those guys eventually show up. But I'm with you. I mean, a, a, because you already have Bjorn as a dreadnought for your 40k army. How cool would it be to have him, you know, in power armor or whatever, or artifice or whatever he's got? I feel like Bjorn might get his own like special squad of of killers, but you know. I don't know. Kind of should. I'm hoping. I'm really. I'm hoping that they don't um, just make it standard. Like straight up, pick off the shelf a Praetor, a Centurion, and all that stuff. I really do hope they get like limitations. Like you get a, you know, Wolfguard, or you get a 
great wolf or anything like that. Like I, w- I would love to see something like that. Like, like I said, like I said, third edition. I'm real sentimental about third edition. I I don't know. That's getting pretty, and de- like they've not given that treatment to any other legion. It would be really to like basically be like these guys don't get praetors to get their own special thing. I don't know about that. Mm. I get what you're saying, but <laughs> see, like in 40k, they have those new things called sagas where you can pick a saga for your characters, and there's like saga of the bear, saga of this and that, and it gives you some type of special ability. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. That's just I just don't see that because like in in 30k. You know, you just get like if you every legion just has that one page of legion rules, and then a little, you know, a couple pieces of war gear, maybe an extra console type, and then the two rights of war, and then they get their special characters, special units. I just don't think that they're gonna. I would, you know, break what that mold just for these guys and give them all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, I guess you're right, but I could definitely see them doing that for the big three. You know? The big three. Space Wolves, Blood Angels, Dark Angels. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We've not seen one yet, so you may be right. Maybe they do do that. It would piss off a lot of people that don't play those legions. <laughs> <laughs> You're all salty. It's like, oh, I'd be mad. I'd be mad. I'm mad as... I'm still... I can't get over being a Blood Angel player and just how they've been shit on over the years. Their first founding chapter and at one point in time their codex was a white dwarf codex and why i had a stupid ass white dwarf codex that came out with codex black templar some second founding fucking schmoes have their own book and <laughs> blood angels are relegated to a white dwarf i was so pissed about that then we get the storm raven it was unique to us and the gray knights and then they pass it out like candy to all these other legions or all these other chapters so then everybody in 40k is running with storm ravens and then when the new blood angel book comes out i'm like well I guess everybody has all our war gear now, but it'll be cool because when this this book comes out, we'll at least get like Thunderfire cannons, Centurions, and um, Storm Talons, like everybody else has. Nope. So it's like, here, just take all this Blood Angel war gear. Everybody else can have it. Oh, but they don't get anything in return. Sorry. Oh, it, like, but anyway, <laughs> not that I'm salty about that or anything, but um, yeah. So I, that's why I just don't feel like Forge World's going to do that. I, I don't think they're going to be like, like they're going to be unique, but no more than any other, you know, Legion is unique. We'll see. We'll have to see. My fingers are crossed for otherwise. I just want some badass long fangs, dude. Some It'll badass be cool. fucking long fangs. It'll be a cool barometer because, like I said, like if they do come out and they do have long fangs and they do have all the stuff that's in 40K, um, you, you can then kind of guess, you know, what Dark Angels and Blood Angels will get. Because if they put all that shit in there, why wouldn't Blood Angels then have, you know, Sanguinary Guard moved over and all that? I mean, yeah. I don't think they're going to get Death Company, obviously, because Death Company doesn't exist until after Sanguinius dies, unless they totally retcon all that fluff. But... Wait, what? What'd you say? Oh, Sanguinius. Death Co- yeah, Death Company for Blood Angels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I totally heard yeah, that yeah, yeah. wrong. yeah. Quick, quick question, and this is kind of like a something that I've been meaning to ask uh, um, in the other podcast chat, but I keep forgetting. Sanguinary Guard, right? Yep. There's only 30 of them at any given time? Oh, I don't know. Where'd you get that from? 
So, some guy posted it on uh, on Reddit, and like I was kind of thinking, I was like, wait, what? Only he was like saying that there's a book that says there's only at any given time there's only thirty sanguinary guard, no more, no less. And I was like, uh, I didn't know that. Um, so I got this I've never, as I've Leviathan. never heard that. I've never heard that. I mean, I don't. Th- well, here's the thing: in the Blood Angel current Blood Angel Codex, all these Blood Angel offsuit chapters have their own sanguinary guard because they show them in different color palettes and shit. So is he saying that there's only thirty sanguinary guard in thirty k, or is he saying there's only thirty sanguinary guard in forty k? Because if it's in forty k, he's full of shit because all these other chapters have their own. So there's no way they're going to spread thirty guys out over, you know, all the second founding and beyond. Blood Angel. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. So they, they do have the the multiple like sanguinary guard per chapter. So that makes the only reason I asked. I was a little bit worried because I got this golden ass dreadnought who I play off as like you know a sanguinary guard, and you know I was kind of worried that maybe like once you die as a sanguinary guard, you don't get to stay a sanguinary guard. Like you're number. Well, maybe 30. I mean maybe there is something for thirty k. I don't know. I'm not. I mean I feel like I'm pretty pretty up on the fluff and i you know i read a lot of stuff you know and i'm a you know a blood angel fan i would have thought that i would have picked up on that because like i used to play gray knights and i still remember that you know the the you know i, I don't remember the exact number it was like 49 or something but th- like there was a unit called purifiers and i remember that there was an exact number i could go get the codex and find it right now that that seems to be something that would have stuck in my head I'm not saying he's wrong for 30k. There, there might be some old fluff or hidden fluff or you know something. I don't know. But if he's talking 40k, I mean maybe he's talking about just specifically the Blood Angels chapter in 40k. But if he's just talking about Sanguinary Guard overall, there's just no way because they have several Second Founding chapters that all have their own Sanguinary Guard. So I don't know. I'm not familiar well, that makes with feel better. But that's way besides the point on Space Wolf speculation. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were we got in this Blood Angel talk just because it's like Blood <laughs> Angels and Dark Angels are kind of in the similar boat, like we talked about, where they yeah. in 40K have their own unique books, but in 30K all we have is the base rule. So we're I guess we sort of sort of turn into Blood Angels because me and you are both familiar with Blood Angels, and they do they're going to be similar to Space Wolves in how they relate from 30k to 40k and we've seen some of the blood angel stuff so it gives us a benchmark so that's i guess why we got to talk about blood angels so i guess what i'm saying is kind of look at the for the basic stuff you can kind of look at and see what they did with blood angels and dark angels and then um extrapolate from there for the special units and stuff 10-4 so whichever one comes out first like but honestly what blood angels and dark angels Dark Angels aren't going to come out before the... No, no, no. Space, Space Wolves will be out. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're supposed to be this fall, I th- is what I've heard on that book. And I've heard that's been pretty consistent. Yeah, especially with the, the Rust sighting. Yeah. Yeah, and the Forge World newsletter. Yeah. Well, all right, man. So that's some of that Space Wolf speculation. Sorry if uh, it didn't touch all the bases you wanted us to out there, listener. But... uh yeah, glad we did. We talk about Bjorn. I feel like we talked about Bjorn. We talked about Bjorn yeah. about how they need to do a Bjorn model, not in a dreadnought. Yeah. Okay. So now we got this stone gauntlet list we're supposed to be going over here. 
for sure. So the Stone Gauntlet list, this was actually going to be something that was actually sent in from one of your buddies, right? Yeah, he uh, he's a local guy. He lives in Indianapolis area, but he lives about an hour away, so he doesn't. He's never come down and played 30k with us, but he gets in on our uh, group orders. I mean, I know uh, one of the guys that plays here regularly. This is his brother-in-law, and I went to high school with this guy. He's a little older than me. He was upperclassman when I was a freshman, so we know each other um, pretty well. But it, and we used to play 40k together back in high school days. But anyway, um, we talk, he listens to the podcast, he listens to Ivor, stuff like that, and um, he's been working on these Imperial Fists for a while, like on a slow grow, so, but uh, he really likes our podcast or whatever, so I guess he uh, felt the need to send us in a list review. For sure. So this is what he got, guys. His name's Jason. Uh, Jason says, hey guys, I'd like some uh, some feedback slash advice on a Stone Gauntlet list since a new Red Book dropped. Ryan has been giving me a lot of help as I collect models, and I almost finishing, finished collecting a bunch of parts. After Gen Con, I'll start assembling painting, and I'd like to know how to round out the list. So here's what I have so far. Praetor and Tartarus armor with Storm Shield and Paragon Blade. 25 Breachers. Quartus Class Dreadnought with Assault Cannon. 5 Tartarus Terminators with Storm Shield and Chain Fist. Land Raider Phobos. A Spartan Assault Tank. Squad, support Squad with 5 Last Cannons. What do you think? What? Well, me and you were, were, were talking about this, kind of going through it before we started recording. So he should probably split the Breachers into a 15-man squad. Well, he should probably run Stone Gauntlet, wouldn't you say, since like all his models have shields? Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, so pretty obvious there. I think that's what he's wanting to do anyway. So I would take the Breachers, because of the changes to Breachers and how they get more expensive than they used to be once you go above 15, and if you run them less than 15, they you know, are cheaper than they used to be, I would uh, do I would take 15, the 15 Breachers and um, buy them, uh, go get an Apothecary model and put an Apothecary in there with them. And just make them stupid, stupid sturdy. Stupid sturdy. And even uh, then take your uh, Terminator Lord and throw him in there with them and put all those guys in your Spartan. And then I would take the other 10 and put them in the uh, Land Raider that you have here, the Phobos. That's the one you can assault out of. And on that Land Raider, uh, you should probably equip it with uh, extra armor, Dozer Blade, and Ceramite. Uh, the extra armor keeps it from being stunned it's a great five point upgrade so you're not you know if they get get a lucky last cannon hit on you whatever and then roll shitty it sucks that you you know you get stuck in your deployment zone you definitely want to be able to move that thing at least up the field especially if your army is like a fully just embarked army you right. got to make sure that like yeah it's you're five moving points faster than it. what walking so same, same thing with the dozer blades like put dozer blades on your uh both your Spartan and your uh, Land Raider. You don't want to drive over a hedgerow and get stuck with your fucking 340-point <laughs> tank. That sucks. And then, obviously, in my opinion, you shouldn't leave home without Armored Ceramite. Um, you don't want some rogue Melt-A-Gun guy or somebody like Tim from Eye of Horus that's beyond obsessed with multi-velts on Rhinos now <laughs> to, to one-shot your once again, 340-point tank hauling around like another 400 points of dudes or however many points they are. Because it will happen. You it will, will get one-shotted by a multi-melter. Yeah. 
So it's, that's not a it's well worth the 20 points worth of insurance as well. Well worth it. So throw those on there um, for your five terminators, because, you know, just sticking with the theme of what you're uh, rolling with here, I would get a second land raider and throw those five terminators in there. Normally I would suggest a dread claw, but because you're running um, stone gauntlet, you cannot take something that must, you can't deep strike anything. And that thing must deploy with deep strike. So you can't, um, do that. So I would say get a second land raider or we kind of, you could, if you want like just more variety for whatever reason, you're just sick of land raiders, want something else. You could always throw them in a storm Eagle. Um, but I think the land raider is a much better choice. Uh, your five last cannon guys, I would buy them a bunker. Uh, you can get them, you know, the little GW plastic, uh, wall of martyrs bunker. I think they're like 80 points. You know, that's a my horror stuff right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a good idea. You know, it gives them protection or whatever. You could always just try to... Uh, you could take... Well, I guess they, there's no way... I was thinking... I'm thinking 40K, taking a tech marine with bolster defenses, but that doesn't exist in 30K. So you could uh, just try... Hold on. I thought there was some Imperial Fist, like, bolster defenses thing. Maybe they do. I think they get something like if they're behind a barricade, they become stubborn or some shit. I know that Dorn, if you have Dorn in your army, he gives you, uh, you get to reroll failed cover saves of a one on D3 pieces of terrain. Um, but uh, obviously, Dorn doesn't have a model. But anyway, the five last cannon guys, the cheapest, easiest way, like both in real life money and game wise, is a bunker. And then the other guy, if you're looking for another character to put with those guys that makes them good, is a master of the signal, because he can give them um, he he can give them interceptor. Well, you can buy an augury scanner on the squad sergeant anyway, which I would do. But the master of signal could boost their ballistic skill to five, and he also um, can shoot down a orbital bombardment. He's just a good good all around cheap character um, to run in the army. And then if you're looking for other units that you don't have in the list that fit with your theme, um, quad mortars are always good. Um, a Derradeo Dreadnought would be cool because you don't really have any um, any air. You have a Cordis Dreadnought in here. Me and Michael were talking. If you could source a second assault cannon, turning that thing into a Mortis would be a much better choice for your list because the Cordis class has to walk around on foot in your army because you can't take drop pods for him. So it's not a super recipe for success to run a cordis up the field. I think you'd be better off if you're going to do that. Foot Saga Dreadnought, you'd be better off with a um, mortis with dual carries. Um, or you could just replace it all together with the Derradeo. Um, a Scorpus Whirlwind would be cool in this army. Um, that's big in the meta around here anyway. Um, and then... Um, if you're just wanting more scoring units for the army, like a, another cheap scoring unit that would be cool would be uh, the new Marksman Vets in a Rhino because they gain outflank and sniper and with Imperial Fist, with those uh, sniper bolt guns that go up to BS5 with your basic Imperial Fist rule. So if you took a squad or two of those, it would give you something you could um, you know, get in behind the enemy to give them something to think about in the backfield while you're rushing forward with all those land raiders and, and so, you know, kind of a pincer move or whatever be pretty cool and if they have uh, backfield artillery or something like that it like say they have quad mortars you can come in with those sniper bolt guns and always wound on fours even though they're tough seven take those things out and then if they don't take those vets out 
you can because you can give the whole squad melt bombs. You can um, get into their back lines and start tearing apart their super heavies or artillery tanks or whatever they got hidden back there. Yeah, basically just give your guys some, uh, really just unload some of the firepower that's going to be brought upon them as they're trying to rush forward because they're pretty much useless until they get there. Yeah, so direct, basically, like, just to recap, direct things that you should get to, like, right off the bat is buy an apothecary set so you can put an apothecary with those that big breacher squad, um, and then you definitely need a second land raider or storm eagle or a case to assault ram or something like that. I would say land raider to put those other five terminators in and then a bunker for those last cannon guys. And then after that, it's just, you know, there's other units that just fit with the theme, I guess. Hell yeah. Get you another Phobos. And yeah, you had also mentioned the Mortis Dreadnought instead of, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just getting an extra assault cannon arm, which I'm, you can find those on, you can get one of those dreadnoughts on eBay for cheap. And I'm sure our game, since you live close, I guarantee you somebody in our game club would probably be nice enough just to give you one. Um, so you might have to do some sawing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, it's no big deal. It's a pretty easy conversion. So, do you got anything you want to add to that, Michael? What do you think? No, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, probably one of my. It, it, we were actually talking a little bit about the land, basically it's just a land raider rush army, but yeah. you know you bring in such a good point with the getting tactical uh, veterans in there because being able to outflank them or anything like that to get them up there, it, it's such a big deal because you think about what your army is has to deal with just trying to roll forward. You know, you got the full weight of somebody else shooting at you and you're not dishing anything back except some last cannon shots, you know? So you definitely need something to split the enemy fire. What what usually sucks about that is uh, if you're playing an opponent who knows what you're trying to do, you have to realize that if you're playing like a 2,500-point game, then usually you're what, like 600, 600 points in vets is basically fighting 3,000 points by themselves or 2,500 points by themselves. So Well, because they it. come in on turn two, though, so like let's say he got the first turn, he could, if he was being real aggressive, push the two Land Raiders and the Spartan 12 inches upfield and then use Power yeah. of the Machine Spirit to fire one gun on each tank at full ballistic skill. You probably, right. depending on what, how the other guy's army's constructed, you probably, because you could move flat out and get really close, but then they very well could just move forward, assault you, and clamp a bunch of melt-bombs on your tanks. So you probably only want to move 12 to set the charge up for turn two. Then on turn two, your your vets come in, and you're immediately putting pressure on them there, while at the same time then rolling your tank six, getting out six, and assaulting. So you're all hitting. It makes your army hit really hard on turn two. Potentially. Perfect. And then it's a pretty difficult army to just get rid of once you're tied up in combat and getting in there. Yeah. Just because all the invulnerable saves and the feel no pain, everything like that. So I just like the sniper vets because, you know, rhinos are pretty fragile, especially like, cause he's got all these land raiders out there. If they have something like, um, trying to think of good, like say they had a missile launcher team or something like that, or, you know, just like some random, like medium, like anti-tank, like say they had a DACA Predator or whatever, they're obviously not going to shoot that at the Land Raider. So the obvious target is the Rhino. So by taking these sniper vets, it allows you to outflank where you're going to 
get your guys, you know, where you need to get them pretty much regardless because they're going to come in and immediately be where you want them or close to. Yeah, I like the uh, – I love the idea of Land Raiders as transports <clears throat> just because you have to have something, like, dedicated to be able to take out a Land Raider at long yep. range. So – your well, big if he's running, get there. running two of them and a Spartan in a list, I mean, that's that's usually, even if somebody has a Lightning, you know, it's still going to kind of over, like, what the Lightning's obviously going to try to take out the Spartan. That's going to be the target. But you're still going to have these other two Land Raiders going up the field. I got a quick tactic question for you. What would Ryan Kimmel do? Let's say he's playing uh, this list, right? Let's say he's playing this, this list. list. Yeah, well, let's say he's playing. Like, let's say you're playing this list with the Land Raider rush. You're okay. rushing forward. And a drop pod comes in behind your land raider, or just on the side. Of the, it doesn't matter where the fuck it comes in, but I'm gonna assume it'll be directly behind your land raider, uh, just because that's how people play. And it's a tax or a, a, a tactical support squad full of meltas, right? Okay. Do you get out of your land raider, go kill those meltas, or do you just ignore the fuck out of them, and just keep driving? Depends on the mission. I mean, if if we're playing like a so let's say we're playing a kill points mission mm-hmm. and there's more kill points in front of me than behind me. I'll just ignore them and drive off. I mean, my land raider, I'm never going to take a land raider or a Spartan without armored ceramite. So I'm not right. worried about those guys really glancing me down. I mean, it, like to glance down a five whole point Spartan, those assholes can shoot at me all game. Unless that guy's dice are loaded, it's probably not going to matter. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, a lot, it just like I said, it just depends. I mean, it really just depends. Um, because you know, there's different, there's all just, just really is all mission dependent because there's missions where that squad you ignore it, but if it ends up in your deployment zone by the end of the game, they score seven points, which is a shitload of points in heresy. Because there's that one mission where it's the zones are worth you know, three, five, seven, you know, depending on what zone you're in. <laughs> but if, if it's the mission where it's like, each scoring unit in your enemy's deployment zone is worth two, you know, and I'm driving into his zone with five units and there's one left behind me. I'll be like, well, fuck that one unit. I don't care. I'll ignore it. You know, <laughs> you, you drive backwards with your land Raiders firing your last yeah. cannons backwards. Then it's like, it's, it's also one of those things. It's like, if, um, you know, say he does pop a land Raider or pop whatever. And I'm stuck out there in no man's land anyway. And that's just the closest unit. I can go maul. Yeah. I'll go maul it. So, it just it just really depends. I mean, it's very situational. I've made that mistake quite a bit. That's the only reason I ask. Oh, turn around on something and then realize later you should have just ignored it. Yeah, it's like fuck yeah, I'm destroying that unit. Oh man, <laughs> that was yeah. dumb. Well, I've learned because I play in 40k. I like to play Eldar before they were stupid, like back in like when they were bad or considered bad, like in um, fifth edition when they still had that fourth edition codex, but they were considered a weak army. And you you had to always make choices like that. Should I run from this? Should I stay? Because you had this real maneuverable army that was fairly fragile. So, and that's how my Blood Angels, the the, the all my Blood Angels list I'm building right now are built around that same principle where you need to know when to, you know, got to be the uh, uh, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to walk <laughs> away, and know when to run. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. Like it's. I've never uh, like been a a runner like just I, I didn't I, I never really thought about it until we actually talked about your uh, your not armored breakthrough armored spearhead no armored breakthrough list yeah it's armored said, breakthrough list. I just 
fucking back away from you and I, you know, shoot you from afar. It makes more sense. Was, you know, it's always like, to me, it's always get those fuckers in combat and beat the shit out of them. It's like, no, you're nah. probably better off. Just I mean, well, to, it's a, you got to play to the strength of your list. Like, uh, like the last game I played that I told you I've made all those, that huge fucking mistake in and didn't add in the disembark distance and Angron ate my whole army. Like, I knew I had nothing on the field that's going to beat up, you know, 20 and duck die with a fucking three up feel no pain save and Angron stuck in a unit. So the only way to defeat that is to stay at a distance, you know, at a safe distance where he can't move and assault me, which I fucked up. But let's say I didn't, you know, you can um, just stay at a distance and just shoot him the whole game. You know what I mean? And yeah, then you can sure. kill the rest of their army and then they're just left like even if they have something that you're not. Like, say, because, like, let's just say somebody takes Fire Drakes or Galvor back with Lorgar and throws all these psychic powers. If you can... Which you, which you will mean, once, see. <laughs> like, expect yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, you, like, you don't necessarily have to defeat that. I mean, if you if your army's mobile enough to get the fuck away from it and you're not playing a mission to where... I mean, it's one thing if, like, you absolutely are just stuck in a situation where you have to face that down then it is what it is and you just have to hope that the dice are on your side, I guess. But, and, and sometimes you're just, you know, the other guy just has a list that is going to beat yours or you're in a scenario where there's just no way, you know, you're going to come out on top and it is what it is. That's the nature of, you know, anything in the world that's competitive. So, but I mean, you, you just try to weight the odds in your favor by making the right tactical choice. That's what this game's all about. This, this game's typically won, um, I mean, against like two fairly evenly matched armies, I feel like it's one in the movement phase. That's worth yeah. one. So, I mean, making the right you know movement decisions is definitely key. And then, um, you know, basically that and target priority, like what what to focus your attention on, type thing. But like like when I played that World Eater army, I killed everything off the board except that one big unit. And um, I thought I was being clever. I was like, well, I'll murder everything else, and then. He's just going to have the Spartan drive around with Angron. And at some point, you know, I'll just, you know, he'll get to a point to where he's, you know, all spread because it's that it was the mission where each zone was worth X amount of points. And his unit, mm -hmm. because it's in Duck D, it doesn't score. So I was like, oh, I'll park guys on all four corners of the board because all my shit's so fast. And he's only going to be able to go after one corner. And the game's short enough to where he'll never be able to get anything else. The problem was when in the course of trying to kill his other stuff, I parked a few units too close to Angron because <laughs> I, I had it in my mind that he could only charge 18 inches. So I thought I'll put these guys 18 and a half inches away and f totally, I don't know what I was thinking that day. Just didn't think about the six inch disembark move, which makes it a potential 24 inch threat range, not 18. So once Angron can smell you, it's pretty much over. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's, it. that's what happened. And then it then it fucked my whole plan because not only does he get that long charge and then he kills you, then he gets consolidate. So then it, now he's really pushed. You know what I mean? And that's then a free like, twenty four inch move right I, I, there. <laughs> right. So I was expecting him to not be that far because obviously if he couldn't charge me, he's only going to get you know the twelve inch move with the Spartan or whatever. So God dang, dude, that's so fucking fast. Like just. Like that's you think about what it, like Angron can move six inches, right? Yep. Somehow he managed to get twenty four inches 
in this phase, like in this elapsed time of the game. That's so yeah. mental. Yep. He's... It was for well, it was twenty. It was twenty four and a half inches because he moved six, got out six. That's twelve. Then it was like a. Let's see. I think he was like an eight inch charge or nine inch charge that he makes, and then he wins, and then rolls six inches first consolidate and gets another. So it was fucking really far. It's just a blur. Just a blur of Angron. Just a blur of gold yep. power armor. <laughs> and then I was like, well, shit. That that plan went right in the toilet. So. So for Mr. Jason here, this for a Stone Gauntlet army. See, I'm kind of torn. Like, it, So he's got breachers, right? Yep. And they seem kind of like bare bone, bare bone breachers, everything like that. Well, he doesn't put any war gear here. He's just saying these are the models I have. I'm sure he's going to give them all melt bombs or whatever. Right. I don't know. But with breachers, because I'm always like confused on how you're supposed to run breachers because they're very survivable, but they're also like a shooty unit, you know? Like, do you... Well, they're do, not... I think they're an assault unit because they're just... Like, they're, because with that shield, they gain that invul save in assault. So they're, And then because they're tough five in a stone gauntlet, they're supposed to be an assault unit. And they're not supposed to be assault because they're super offense in assault. They're supposed to just be assault because they can take a punch and grind in. you down slowly. Yeah. yeah. It's because I, I know I'm very familiar with this style of play because I used to play Plague Marines in 40K. That was like my primary 40K army was cast Space Marines. That was all Plague Marine themed. And, you know, I didn't have any close combat weapons in the army. They just come, they come with a bolt pistol, bolter, close combat weapon. And they're one attack per guy, so they're two attacks base. And then in um, then they're tough five with feel no pain. And I they just would always outlast, and they're fearless, so they fight to the last guy. So they typically yeah. just slowly grind you down. They don't really have anything super you know powerful punching you back. It was just the fact that they could outlast you and usually ground you down by the end of the game. So that's how this list should be played, is just get dug in. Like you want to get in. inside, and, and he's got like the the Terminators and the uh, the uh, Praetor are no joke. So the the idea is to get the the breachers with melt bombs will kill any armor thing that they touch. They're just going to die. It's too many melt bombs to be clamped on you to survive. Right. So, what your idea for infantry is just going to be to tie up as much infantry as you can with your breachers and then slowly work like as things are tied up because when they're tied up, they can't shoot you. They can't move. They can't do whatever. So then you go around with your five terminators and your, your, uh, praetor and just, you know, finish things off Clean at up. your leisure. Clean up. Now, I mean, the, the problem with that is that the problem that he'll run into with this list, because it's, it is an assault theme list is if your opponent has something that, like, say they had a Death Star of, like, Red Butchers with Angron, like we were just talking about, or they have a bunch of Galvorvac with Lorgar. There's nothing in this army that can assault, like, so what do you do? It's like, it's what I've always had that problem in 40k when I played Orcs and I'd fight Tyranids. I just, I just, I just usually would shake my opponent's hand and say, good game, like, like, you're what better. am I, like, <laughs> you're just better, like, <laughs> my army wins by assaulting into you, and if I assault into you, you beat my ass. And I'm orc, so I shoot you with these bullshit. Like, oh, cool, you have flying hive. Like, your two flying hive tyrants outshoot my whole army, and my, my only recourse is to assault you. And then when I assault you, you beat me in assault. So, uh, you know, it's almost like a mathematically impossibility. Just it's like a, a thing. It's like a 
So there are going to be horrible matchups for this particular army. But that's just, you know, the way the army's constructed. Because it's think, constructed uh, to, to do kind of one thing, and if that one thing doesn't work, it, it doesn't work. Uh, I'm just saying, going off the reservation here just a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. completely breaking the Imperial Fist fluff, uh, what about psychers, like getting a librarian in there to, to help out with those breachers, especially a big old squad of breachers like that? Mm, I don't know. I mean, what what are you thinking? I mean, the I guess, bio, like, if you went for biomancy, you could try to get endurance, but this is only going to increase the, the feeling of pain by one. Um, you could enfeeble somebody to make them easier to beat an assault. Um, That's kind of what I was think. thinking. Something to break down. Uh, it, it, even if you were to get, like, something like a telepathy, you were to give them, like, some, some prescience or prescience, whatever. Prescience you... is re-rolls to hit. Um, but, I mean, you could do that by, and keep it fluffy just by taking a chaplain and gives them hatred and causes fear. So you can well, debuff was, them. And... I was kind of thinking, like, a, a big squad like that, still using it, like, as a... I mean, because you have that many bolters with plus one ballistic skill and you're getting prescience, prescience, and... Yeah, it's just re-rolls to hit. You're not going to miss that much, though. Yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. I don't know. I was trying to think of what could buff... Because, I mean, it's it's a very... Uh, it, breachers are just... They're good at surviving, but there's so much Well, the best way to buff them is just to throw characters in all your big breacher units so that you have a beat stick character. Because, I mean, if you think about, like, a decked-out Praetor, if you're fighting... So say this unit was fighting something else equivalent, like, you know, a big tactical unit or a big assault squad or another breacher squad. Just having a character that can reliably kill four or five guys a turn, if you win combat by three or four, you're going to make that unit break more likely than not. You're going to sweep them, which is all you need to do. So you're talking about like the kind of like the breacher jacket kind of idea. It's like it's not really a breacher squad. It's like a really nice jacket for the Praetor. (laughs) Yeah, basically, yeah. Fancy. So I mean, he could um, he could do that. You could run like um, you know, because he's already got the Praetor in the. See, that's the thing. You run that Praetor in that big fifteen man, um, and that's the idea is that they're basically just a big unit of ablative wounds and also melt bombs to kill any tank that they happen to roll over, to just be tough while that Praetor murders whatever unit he's locked up with. But like I said, that falls apart when you run into something where the breachers do like fuck all the fire drakes. And then the, you know, character that's like the nastier salamander Praetor, the nastier gets challenged challenged out and smashes your Praetor. And then the fire drakes murder the rest of the unit or, you know, well, I guess they're loyalists. Better example would be Galvor back in Lorgar or something, or red butchers and Angron or something like that. Or Mortarian and those death shroud guys. Yeah. It's a, the army is really dedicated to assault, it seems like, but it doesn't really have an answer for, like, beat face assault, Uber, you know? Uber elite assault, yeah. yeah. But when Dorn, when Dorn comes out, you know, he has that, and he doesn't, he may, you know, he could add to this army, he could put in, um, Siskaman is a fucking ridiculous character. He's the best non-Primark character far and away. I mean, he'll, he'll murk anybody in a uh, challenge. So there you go. You know what you need to be buying here pretty soon, buddy, on the next order that they place. <laughs> I mean, you that yeah. Man. I mean, certain armies just don't have, like, a super tanky assault. You Like, we'll use Iron Hands, for example. Like, 
they their their special one of their special units is immortals, which are just like breachers with feel no pain, and then their other unit are you know single wound normal terminators that have five up feel no pain. Like they're not they're they're just not that great at assault. So if somebody has a super good assault army, you know, with like Mortarian and a bunch of um, Death Shroud that get in your lines, you have to rely on killing them with shooting. You can't go toe to toe in assault. It's just not going to work. Oh my goodness! Go by Sigismund. I've never looked at his <laughs> rules. Oh, he's, he's so ridiculous. good. He he makes you reroll successful invul saves. He gets like rerolls to hit in a challenge. He's his sword Insta causes death. death. It's like strength six or some shit. He's a ton of attacks. He's brutal. He's four wounds of the Turtle Warrior with the two up, four up. Yeah, he's a total badass. Yeah, take Sigismund and put him in that 15-man Breacher squad. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> he's got so many special rules. God dang, he's fearless. Why did they make his Bolt Pistol Mastercrafted? Like, it's just, everything's so good on him. Totally worth it. Yeah, so if you're looking at things to buy, don't buy that Daredeo. Buy you a Sigismund. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Plus, it's a sick model. It is a sick model. Wow, I'm glad we I'm glad we talked that out because now I feel like confident. Like, yeah, you could do some shit with a with a with a Sigismund just fucking handling handling pain out with his black sword. Definitely the way yeah. to go. Well, I mean, you could do like because Pollux is a badass in close combat. You could do an army with like Sigismund, Pollux, and a generic Praetor or something. Just go like the full triple character. Because I was talking about that on uh, the Varangian Heresy that I just did, which was. Uh, because Blood Angels don't really have any special characters or Primarch, so my idea, like if you wanted to build an elite assault unit, is to take a Praetor, a Master of the Forge, and a, um, what was it? Praetor, Master of the Forge, and a Chaplain, and give them all Blades of Perdition. Yep. And give the Master of the Forge rad grenades, so that he lowers everybody's toughness by one, and then just stick, like, all of that with as many like cataphracty as you can in a in a charybdis and drop it in the middle of their army or a Spartan. And it's like, okay, well here's like on the charge, the sub characters are four, so it's eight, and then the Praetor's six, so it's fourteen blade of perdition attacks at initiative five. And they're likely <laughs> gonna be hitting they're like they're likely gonna be hitting uh, against tough three with their plus one so they're gonna be wounding on two pluses with that. And then with the chap one they get rerolls to hit. And that's not even counting the rest of the unit. That's just those three characters. And so, like, let's say that maybe, let's say, what, eight of those? No, it would be a lot more than eight of those attacks. Probably be like 11 attacks go through, 10, 11 attacks go through. Go through, be, you mean after saves or, like, that actually hit? Cause that hitting, actually hit. Well, they should, most, the, most things are going to be hitting on threes, at worst fours, because they're all, all those characters are weapon skill five. Right. So let's just say they're hitting on fours. You're gonna hit because you get rerolls at the chaplain. You're gonna hit with three quarters of them, so we'll just round it up to fifteen, so it's easy. So that means you're gonna be hitting ten times and then, you know, wounding on twos. So you'll probably wound eight or nine, which then double. So you should be doing on average between sixteen and eighteen AP two hits at initiative uh, five. Oh, it's so brutal. And then the rest of the unit fights. And then you can just use the rest of your like cataphract or whatever as a blade of wounds to keep those characters alive. <laughs> that is like, okay, if, you, if you're out there listening right now and you're going to take that advice, that is a strong unit, just don't 
charge Angron with that unit because he will challenge you the fuck out. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Okay, let's cool. So Angron, because he can challenge each guy, right? But he has to divide his attacks even. It's not like he gets his full attacks against each guy, right? right. So let's just say, let's put all those guys on bikes so they're tough five, so he can't double them out. All right. Well, the unit the unit you made was in a Charybdis. Like that well, was I'm the one you saying, were talking about. Well, my in my army they'd be on bikes. That was my <laughs> if you go back and listen to the Brigand Heresy, they're all on bikes. But I was just saying because I said Charybdis, Spartan, whatever. But mine are all on bike. I actually have these guys where I can run this unit. So the actual unit idea was these guys all on bikes with a big unit of outriders, with also an apothecary, a generic apothecary attached to give it all feel no pain. So if you send this, like say Angron challenged these guys. By the time he divides up all of his attacks, he's only going to be able to put two attacks on each guy. And then if he, you know, fuck hands any of his rolls and just a couple of them survive, then all those wounds go right on him. So, yeah. And he's only got five wounds. So you're really risking your anger on there uh, by will, doing that. Yeah, if it, if it, if, <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> maybe only if you're anger on and you're fighting bikes, you can't whack them all them out, then just. You know, don't challenge all of them. Don't try and don't take them all off. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, just, I'm not saying, like, that's definitely not, I was just throwing that out there. Um, so what I'm getting at is, even if you don't have access to a Primarch or whatever, certain legions still have, like, some sneaky, because, like, Blood Angels, you know, right now, they don't have any special units or two-wound Terminators or anything like that, but they do have that crazy-ass Blade of Perdition. So just slap it on three mean-ass characters and stick them with a bunch of ablative wounds. That makes, I just like... like <laughs> That makes characters like that's that's a that's a weapon of characters right there. That's so it's such a good blade. Uh, Travis with the Golars used it against me when I was playing the Josh's Iron Warriors, and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" Because you know I play Blood Angels, but I don't get to take a blade of perdition. Like I don't, right. I don't. So like you see it in the field, you're like, "Well, fuck me." That's what that does. I need to find somebody to give that to. Well, Imperial Fist, though, they can take a uh, Power Fist that's AP1 and Mastercrafted. That's their special weapon. I mean, it's no joke. And then, like, Ultramarines can take Legatine Axes on everybody. So, I mean, there are other Legion out there that have good weapons. I'm not saying they're... I think the Blade of Perdition is the best close combat weapon in the game. That's not a, like, unique weapon that, like, a Primarch has or something. Right. Um, but I'm just saying, I mean, there are ways to, you know make make things like you know good i guess is what i was i was just throwing that i don't even know why we got on this no i mean basically we're just trying to like give jason some advice on how like like look you're not your 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 list isn't going to be great at shooting and it's not going to be fantastic at close combat like especially in this game now you know you're talking about playing blood angels even a normal blood angel tactical squad will have you know some sort of advantage over just the breacher squad. I mean, yes, you're going to be able to withstand everything, but uh, they're they're still going to get the plus one. I mean, there's a lot of the armies out there are going to have better close combat units than you're going to have that are going to be able to take on this breacher squad. So when you're preparing well, he, your list, you know, yeah, his thing is toughness. Like war, I always joke that Warhammer is built on a triangle. So you got <laughs> you got toughness, maneuverability, and then offensive output. That's the triangle. So if you can, and I always like, you always want to have at least one of those things. You know, when you look at any unit, it needs to do one of those things. If it's only going to do one of those things, it needs to do that one thing exceptional. 
when it starts doing more than one of those things, it can start being mediocre at those. But that's why, like, I shit on units like. What are you looking to, at the triangle? For? No, I'm like trying to like picture how the triangle like, like this army would like fall to the left side of the triangle like. Really well, you hard. get what I'm saying though. Like, yeah, you do have different points. Like, this army is fast and has high offensive output, but sucks at defense. Like, typically, you have to give on something, and 30k has been very good at that, where they don't have a lot of units that meet all criteria that's the kind of the downfall of 40k right now because they have stupid shit like thunder wolves that are like high in all three of those categories it's like these guys have no weakness like what the fuck are you doing like there needs to be counters for things or you know it can't be good at everything i'd say the closest thing in 30k to that is probably jet bikes they're super durable because they're two plus armor save with jink that can sit way way back because that's the other thing you got to factor in the the if a unit can stay really far back and inflict damage on you, that's a defensive capability because they're so far away from you being able to inflict damage. And then you also got that those guys have shit tons of firepower in a big unit that's high offensive output, and then they're also very maneuverable. Now, the only thing that saves them from being totally crazy is that they're shooting, although it is devastating, it only works against you know things with the toughness value. You can't kill armor with those. So they don't you know what I mean? They're not now. If like, let's say those things all had um, what's a, what would be a crazy weapon? Well, let's say Blood Angels for whatever reason could put assault cannons on all those bikes. Yeah, you know where the like then then you're talking like this this unit is ridiculous. Like, you know what I mean? That's why they can't. It's I, I have a feeling in the middle that, of the triangle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm just saying like that. That's a very strong unit. It ranks high in my mind for their points in like, you know, the capabilities of being defensive, like strong defense, strong offense, strong maneuverability. So what I'm saying is Jason's list falls very far to the defense and he gives up on, he's more, he'd be in the corner, I guess, like you said, if you made the legs of the triangle, he would be in the corner of maneuverability and defense and pretty far away from offensive output because he doesn't have, like you said, a lot of offensive output. <laughs> So like, on the triangle. On the triangle. Now we're on. Now we're on the triangle. <laughs> like, because like I can picture it like a clock. Like if like twelve o'clock was your maneuverability, and five o'clock was your defensibility. And There's so many people right now at home with napkins and pencils drawing out fucking triangles seven, trying to figure stuff. Seven o'clock was your offensive output. This army is like a three o'clock. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a three and if you put sigismund in it then it becomes like a three like 330, a 330. because it, gets, it starts going more in the middle for the offensive output so yeah so yeah like maybe at 345 you put you put a sigismund and alexis paulus then you're like a 355 <laughs> right if that so i mean ju just to give an example like I have uh, friends here that run like Iron Warriors and they build like these crazy gunline armies that's like, I just have this wall of tanks and fucking artillery all dug in and shit in the backfield. So that would rank really high on the defense and the offense. Like it, where those two legs of that triangle meet, that's where they're, they're right in that corner. But they Maybe have a six o'clock army. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So anyway, that's what I'm talking about. So I guess I, I imagine units. I really do imagine that in my head when I think about units. Like, where are they at on the triangle? But that's, like, my own personal thing. Like, 
I mean, feel free to use it or steal that or whatever. But I've always thought when I think of a unit, I always look at how defensive is it, like how survivable is this unit, um, how how maneuverable in this is this in, is this unit, um, and you know what can, what kind of offensive output does this have? And when I say offensive output, I mean both either shooting and assault or you know one or the other because typically a unit is either an assault unit or shooting unit very rarely do you have a unit that's both right we're gonna come up with that chart and then we're gonna start looking at that chart and then before we start doing army list we're gonna be like Look, we're gonna plot them a triangle your army is a uh 145 it's maneuverable as fuck <laughs> <laughs> i don't know so but anyway like i said that kind of helps me when i look at my army like, if I build a list, like, for one, I can decide in my head, like, what type of list I want to build. Like, I want to build an army that is very maneuverable and really hard-hitting, and I don't really, like, I'll use, like, I'm going to move so fast and hit so hard, I don't really care if it's tough. So I can, you know, kind of, in my head, imagine units that act like that or, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. It's just, it's something for people to think about, I guess. For sure, dude. So hope that helps, Jason. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, you have our email already. So go ahead and just shoot an email our way if you have any questions on your list or, you know, what you should buy or, you know. I think I think we pretty much gave you, like, a full, like, rundown of what to expect when you play that. <laughs> so I guess we'll go ahead and move forward, man. We got a Sons of Horus list to go over from uh, from Mr. John, Mr. Jonathan. You want to go ahead and do that now? Yeah, read it out. All right, so we got an email from uh, Jonathan. Uh, he says, I plan to go over a little... No, 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 let me see here. Let me get his original email. I was wondering if you could help me out, as your knowledge is amazing, and the advice always just seems well thought through. I am new to 30K, and I have been painting various GW models and other for the years, but now... I want to get some games in as well, especially as my son is getting old enough to start getting interested. I have bought the two Astartes Red Books, Age of Darkness, Legions, and Age of Darkness Army List. Good start. I also have a Knight Atropos bought by my wife as a present because she's a keeper. Awesome wife. (laughs) So I have the Crusade Imperial Army List as well. I have been looking through these books, the three books, and also started to read the 30K novels as well. Just finished Horus Rising, so way back at the start. I feel like anybody who reads Horus Rising, you're gonna want a Sons of Horus army. Like, as soon as you're done, like, with the like second book. Yeah, well, the first three books are very Sons of Horus-centric. Now, the third book, when you read it, you're like, this Saul Tarvitz guy's a bad motherfucker. I kind of want to do Loyalist Emperor's Children. At least that's how I felt about it. Every time. Yeah. It's like, I I feel like, if you don't skip around, we can tell what kind of armies you're gonna want to (laughs) start. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> go, uh, hey, Jonathan, go read Betrayer and try not to start a world leader army after you read Betrayer. <laughs> or yeah. uh, or a word bearer army, for that matter, because Argyll Tall's a badass <laughs> in there. And so is Lorgar. Yeah. So, anyway, he wants to start a Sons of Horrors. I want to start a Sons of Horrors trader army as their paint scheme and fluff has drawn me in. I was wondering if you could help me out on where to start playing with some list, aiming at 3K points. I want to use your infantry, special infantry, both Justarian and Reavers, as well as the knight I already have, if possible, to expand the army, add in Horus. 
far into the future, also maybe adding in a trader militia force as well to complement the Astartes. Uh, I just don't know where to start. The Rod of War, the Black Reaving from the Age of Darkness books looks good in place to start giving me Reavers as troops. I want to create a fluffy Sons of Horus list, but still able to pull its own weight once I get it all painted. I imagine things will spiral and I'll end up with a huge force as I love the modeling aspect of the hobby. That's uh, just finding the right way to start. It's, it's tricky. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Keep up, keep up the great show. So, yeah, it's going to spiral. Just get ready for that because once you get that green down, man, everything looks good with that green on it. So, that sea green, it's pretty. Yeah. So, Ryan's already got you a list made. And, yeah, he's actually already sent it to you. Uh, so, But I didn't tell just... him how to use it. I was just like, here's a list. Wait for further instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Do not use. <laughs> Do not use. Break glass in case of emergency. All right. So, so, so John, John tried to, whether he knows it or not, he tried really sneaking me in a curveball here, because he's, he says, I, uh, I want to do this army. I want it to fit under three k points. Um, I want it to have a knight and Horus, which is two lords of war for those at home counting. Um, I want it to have both of the specialty units. Um, and I also maybe later on want to put militia in it. So that's a lot of things. <laughs> that's a lot of criteria. So here's here's the only problem, John. I'll, I'll get to this right now. So there is no way to fit Horus, a knight, and militia all in the same army. You cannot do it. I look for every way to do it. I'm I don't think there's a way to do it because in order to get multiple lords of war. There, there is only the Leviathan and the Onslaught Detachment to do that. Um, if you take the Onslaught Detachment, it does not have an Allied Detachment. So you, if you took Onslaught, you could take a Knight and Horus, but not get an Allied Detachment to put Militia in. If you take Leviathan, you can't take a Primarch as one of its Lord of Wars, and also beyond the three Lord of Wars you get with that, you only get a single Allied Detachment. So that wouldn't work for you either. And I looked at, I was thinking that there was a right of war, which I, there is, where you get militia and marines in the right of war. And I was thinking, well, we could do like the sacrificial offering and then use the standard, the Age of Darkness chart and then take allies. But after reading sacrificial offering, the way it works is you must take the militia aspect of the list as an allied detachment. So it's already using the allied detachment. So then you can't you know, fit both the knight and horse in there because they're two separate Lords of War. Right. So that being said, since you don't own the militia and you do own a knight, I just threw the militia out. So if you want to run militia later, that's fine. Um, you will, you can do that, but you'll have to take out either Horus or the knight in order to fit them in. Cause you'll have to, uh, like you'd have to go to a four sword chart that had a allied slot and, you know, take militia as that ally. So, here's what we ended up with. So, because he wants two Lords of War um, in an army, the only way I know to do it is to go with an Onslaught list, because it has two Lord of War slots. So, we went with an Onslaught list. So, when you go with one of these alternate FOCs, it spins basically your Rite of War. You can't take a Rite of War with them. So, um, once again, he said something about the Black Reaving. You can't take the Black Reaving because you're using your basically right of war to take this onslaught to fit in the two Lords of War. Now, that's not... You don't need to be sad panda there, John, because there are tons of ways to get Reavers as troops, 
And the other thing the Black Reaving gives you is a lot of ability to outflank, which Horus has built in and Sniper Vets have built in. So there's really, you know, basically you can do everything that Lord of War grants you for the most part without having to take it. With Horus Buster comes Shirt. with it. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so this is the, this is the list I built for you. So for your uh, compulsory HQ, it's Malagurst the Twisted. So I like Malagurst for one. It sounds weird that I like it because he doesn't have a model, but he gives you a unique opportunity. You said you like modeling. So this gives you a unique opportunity to build your own model in Malagurst. I also think he's fluffy because in the books, he's always like glued to Horus's hip. Like every scene with Horus in it usually has Malagurst in it too. Um, <laughs> so he like is like a, a baby kangaroo riding around a horse's pouch or some shit. I don't know what's going on there, but riding his mama's pouch. He's like a uh, horse's prison bitch. Like Horus has his pocket turned inside out. Malagurst is hanging onto it as they walk around the yard. That's the best. That's the best one right there. Yeah. If you can model that, that'd be even better. Yeah. That's how you should model out. it. Pocket out. <laughs> so anyway, so the cool thing about Malagurst is he comes with a Legion banner, which makes everybody around him fearless, which is a very powerful ability in 30 K. And he also makes reverse troops, which is, uh, what, you know, you kind of, you said that the black reaving makes re reverse troops and that's why you were attracted to it. Well, you can just take this guy and he does the same thing. Bearer of the eye. Is the rule. Yeah. Plus he's not super expensive. He's 140 points. I feel like for what you get out of him, getting reavers as troops, having a big fearless bubble. And he's not, he's not super great. I mean, he's just got a power sword or whatever, but he is like a centurion stat line. He's definitely not a total slouch. So, you know, he's not a bad choice for the army at all. Um, so for your troops, um, because you have Horus in your army, we haven't got to him yet, but we'll, we'll just start there. So he wanted <laughs> I just realized he doesn't have Eternal Warrior. Who, Malagurst? Oh, yeah. after getting, like, blown up in a drop pod and <laughs> yeah, like, and ripped apart. Yeah, well, he spent... He, he fucking had nine lives and spent eight of them, so it went away. He's, He's he used to, to like have a... it. He used to have it. So pre-crash, pre Malagurst had Eternal Warrior, but he spent that motherfucker. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Make sure yeah. he's inside a unit. Well, he's don't holding on to Horus's pocket. You don't have to worry about it. Like, Horus is going to kill everything that's going to hurt his buddy anyway. So anyway, <laughs> okay. so so Lord of Wars. So Horus is in the army, and his knight Atropos is in the army. So we're skipping down there just so I can get to Horus. So Horus allows you to take um, just Aaron as a troop's choice. So now going back up to troops. So his first troop's choice is a full 10-man just Aaron squad because, you know, don't, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. So we're just going to go full 10-man squad. Um, so full 10-man of Just Aaron. And then we're going to go with the total ridiculous option of giving all 10 of these guys combi meltas because that's hilarious because you can really come in and slag something. A lot of people like giving these guys combi plasmas, which is fine, but I like the meltas because they double things out. So, like, say you're going after Fire Drakes or you're going after... Um, What's another? Is there any other two wound Imperial units out yet? Uh, not Imperial units, no. Um, well, let's say they have characters like a Praetor. Or what, basically, I feel like the Melta is more flexible than the Plasma Gun. Um, and uh, you have other... We'll get down through here, but you have other things in the army to you know, kill things with shooting. I, I like the Meltas because you can come in, smash tanks with it, you know, double out infantry with it, you know, kill 
cast elixir high toughness monsters with it whatever the other reason i like them is because with Hor, because you're going to put horus in this unit horus has a no scatter deep strike so these guys are going to arrive on the turn of your choice starting with turn two and not scatter so you can literally just set them down and melt the range without any danger and just shoot the shit out of something so somebody has knights or somebody takes um you know, a super heavy that's not armor 14 on the side, like a fell blade or something like that. You can just come in and just roast that thing with these guys. So for close combat, these guys have five chain fists and five lightning claws. So five of the guys have chain fists, five have lightning claws. The reason I went with the lightning claws, um, they have shred. So you get rerolls to wound. Um, these just Aaron have, um, uh, uh, damn it. Uh, furious charge, furious charge. Yep. So they go up to strength five, and then you get rerolls to wound. The other cool thing about a lightning claw is because it fights at initiative four, um, the Sons of Horus have a rule that if, if when you get to initiative step one, if some if you have a guy in the unit that's already fought, they get to do another attack. So these guys will get to get to attack again at initiative one. The chain fist guys will not, unfortunately, because they haven't went yet. But you still need the five chain fists in there will allow you to cut the hell out of. Um, other super heavies and if you fight other two wound units we'll just say fire drakes since they're the only two wound imperial units so if so you got locked up with fire drakes you definitely want something that's strength eight to ignore any field mode pain that they may have and also double them out so you only have to do one wound a guy as opposed to multiple so your second troop choice i picked was a full 15 man reaver squad so we we just I went balls to the wall with it. You seem sounded like you like these units, and because Horus is in the army, I just and you wanted Horus and a Knight Atropos. I was just like, let's just go full elite. Let's just like make this army as elite and put some really just nasty shit in here that's hilarious just to overwhelm your opponent. So this Reaver Attack Squad's full fifteen man. The Chieftain has Artificer armor and melt the bombs. Three of them have melt the guns. Three of them have power axes, and then the other 12 guys have chain axes on a, on the other 12, and then the other guys that don't have melted guns have Volkite chargers. So it's 12 Volkite chargers, uh, three melted guns, 12 chain axes, three power axes. So this, this unit is going to hit a ton, and this is also the unit I would suggest putting Malagurst in. It makes them these guys fearless. Um, and then... Uh, we'll get to what these guys are riding in in a minute, but uh, these guys, they have that new uh, Death Dealer, so when you come in, if you a unit within 12 inches, you're going to get rerolls, or you get plus one to your ballistic skill, so all these guys' shooting attacks are going to hit on twos. Um, and then in close combat, because Chain Axes now give you plus one strength, they're all going to be strength five, and then on top of that, they get to fight again at initiative one on the majority of the guys. And these dudes will also be four attacks apiece on the charge. So it's going to be a pretty, pretty damn brutal unit. So then your other two troop choices, uh, I selected for both of those a 10-man uh, a veteran tactical squad uh, with marksmen with melt-a-bombs on the entire unit. Um, and there's also a pow one power axe in each unit. So these guys can come in from uh, outflank. Uh, which is what the black reaving, you know, gives you anyway. So you can uh, you can jump in from outflank with these guys, uh, which is pretty cool, and it, it gives you that same effect. Like I said, that you would have got with your the right of war. Um, 
As an elite's choice, I took an Apothecary and Artificer Armor with an Augury Scanner. So he's actually going to go in with the Reverse, so it's going to make that unit even more uh, resilient for you. Um, for Fast Attack, I chose uh, three Javelin Land Speeders um, as one choice. Each Javelin has a Cycle of Missile Launcher and Heavy Bolters. These things also come stock standard without flank, so once again, it fits with the, the Black Reaving that you were want to run but couldn't because you're going Onslaught. Um, they also have Deep Strike, so you can bring them in that way as well. Um, for Heavy Support, I took a Charybdis Assault Claw. So I like this thing because it's a drop pod, So and it's your only one, so it's auto going to you know come in turn one. Um, that re big Reaver unit, the Apothecary of Maligars, right in this thing. Um, so they'll be able to come in turn one. They'll be fearless. They'll fight to the last man. You can put them wherever you want them. It's very, like... Uh, you know, spear tip, you know, kind of like, you know, Sons of Horus like to run. And then um, once again, for your Lords of War, you have the 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 Knight Atropos and the Warmaster Horus. So the other cool thing, so here are some points to go over this army. I wrote some notes. So um, the reason Onslaught is cool, for one, you get the two Lords of War. The, the second thing is Onslaught always makes you go second. So, say you wanted to put your, uh, you can put your everything in reserve except the knight, and you could even put the knight in reserve if you wanted. Um, or you could start, like, the knight on the table, the javelin's on the table, and then your Charybdis is going to come in turn one. So, say your opponent didn't have a lot of, like, shooting. Say it was um, more of, like, an assault army or whatever, like we the, the Imperial Fist army we just talked about. You could stage your army to where you're not going to take damage on turn one. And because you always go second, if you're playing an objective mission, sometimes that's an advantage. So it'll, oh, yeah. you know, and because your army is going to be very reserve heavy where you're not going to start on the table, it, you're not, the, your enemy's not going to have a lot of targets to shoot at anyway. So this is kind of like when I went to Adepticon and took my drop pod assault army, whenever I won the roll off to go first, I would always make my opponent go first because I didn't have anything on the table, so it made them waste a turn. So you can set that up. The The other cool thing is, if you actually do want to go first, Horus seizes the initiative on a 4+. So even <laughs> though you're running Onslaught, you have a 50-50 chance of going first anyway, which is pretty damn cool. Um, so uh, the, the other cool thing is, because uh, what did I, I put two augury scanners in here, the... Uh, or I guess just the Apothecary. The Apothecary and the big Reaver unit has an Augury Scanner. So if you come in with those guys, because they auto come in turn one, if your opponent's running a drop army or has something else that drops in later, you can use that Augury Scanner to uh, shoot the melt -the guns you know, whatever, intercept, whatever. It's a, it's a good five-point upgrade on the Apothecary. You had five points left over in the list. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about this list, Michael? I mean, I, I feel like it's fluffy. It's very elite for... Uh, you know, four sons of Horus, which you know has Horus in it. I feel like it's going to be pretty hard for somebody to deal with. You got a Knight of Tropos, you got Horus, you got ten Just Darren, you got this giant fifteen man Reaver squad in a Charybdis. Like this is very high on the, you know, what the like. Look at all these giant ass threats. You know, which one do I deal with before it tears me apart? I I, I like it a lot. I mean, hands down, it's like the like chosen army that like Horus would like 
go like maybe the trapos a little bit off you know if you were to think like would horus like roll up with a knight sure why not you know okay yeah but definitely the Jesteran, the veterans the fucking uh the reaver attack squad i mean i think my favorite unit in this entire army list is the reaver attack squad with its uh chain axes its power axes volkite chargers i mean no matter what that unit does it's gonna just fucking wreck something so it's a very powerful unit and a 15 man especially if you put the apothecary in there it's going to be hard to move and it's fearless with malagerst in there too and it just rolls up on you just fucking in your ass just right on turn one with that cribdis yeah yeah so yeah no i totally i totally dig it it's a it's it looks like it'll be a fun list to play uh i do see it getting a little bit overwhelmed at 3k just because your low model count, right? And you're gonna see some higher end model, uh, some higher end, uh, a Lords of War that you have to kind of factor in, and so really, once you're looking at something like that, you're looking at, I don't know, let's maybe say some like a any any Fellblade chassis, really. Uh, I yeah, can but see they, that just say just that, yeah, he doesn't have the shooting to take care of that. But because he has no scatter deep strike with Horus and just Aaron, you plop him down right next to it. That thing can't get away. Yeah. So basically, what, what my point I was going to get at, that's got to be the first thing you got to take care of. Like, and so if you if you're going to run this army, get ready to handle a fucking another Lord of War really quick when you're playing in. But what's cool about it is you can determine where the fuck you want to deep strike and where the fuck you want to come in. So like, you get to pick what part of the army. And then if you say, hey, dude, like. I want to make you waste a turn of not getting to shoot your your Fellblade or you know your Falchion or whatever. You could make them waste a turn, not do anything. So, uh, what what was your idea behind the the javelins, the tax speeders? That just can openers for transports or what? Yeah, um, and I like the fact that because you say he did want to uh, delay things and put everything a bunch of stuff in reserve. Say he wanted to outflank. You should almost always outflank the veteran squads. The Terminators, you definitely want to, you know, put with Horus in reserve so they auto deep strike. The Reavers are going to turn, come in turn one. It's just a unit that can sit way back because they have a 36-inch threat range after they've moved where they can fire. Um, so there's not a lot of things that... Basically, you could put them in a position to move up and threaten something without maybe taking any return fire so you don't get tabled on that one turn, um, you know, that you're waiting on all your hard hitters to arrive. So I guess the kind of the idea was you you would have the Atropos, the Javelins, and then you're uh, out there, and then your Charybdis with those that big Reaver squad is going to show up turn one. It just gives you that little bit extra meat on the table, you know, to to like I said, to withstand that first turn before uh, Horus to just staring and the veterans have time to come on. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and I feel like they, with their new points reduction, they're just super points efficient. And I li- I think they fit in with the list because they have outflank built in, and like I said, going back to where he wanted to run the black reaving, which is all about outflanking units and encirclement. The javelin just seems like a really cool outrider encirclement type unit. For sure, yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm, I totally get it. Uh, I, I I thought Horace had something to let you re-roll for reserves, but I guess he doesn't. Uh, so I guess the fl- the fluff for this list in my head was actually you, you mentioned the javelins is actually like he sends the javelins out to find the enemy because th- they're like these outriders. So the javelins find it, all this other shit's in reserve. The javelins find it, 
they call it in. Here comes the dread call slamming down. Here comes Tor- Horus coming in, and then here come the re- the uh, veterans, you know, outflanking like to encircle what these out these javelins have found. That's and then kind you're of just... ignoring. The- <laughs> it's it's all... kind of ignoring the night. Sir, we so found them, sir. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. is he a trapos in range? <laughs> Tell yeah. me the trapos is near. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said he wanted to use the night, so I threw the night in there. So, but anyway, I, I just thought it was a cool list. It um, it gives him. The other thing is because he's just starting out, and but he, he's just starting out and he, he doesn't have an army yet, or you know what I mean, doesn't have it painted. I didn't right. want to overwhelm him with like, here's a million models you have to paint to get to 3K. So that I wanted to keep it low model count so he could get to 3K quickly. And then once he gets there, he can decide, you know, which of these units he likes. He can cut back on the Just Aaron to get some more points, add in some other stuff. If he wants to drop the Knight out, he can run a more, you know, like a normal Age of Darkness uh, force org and then try you know like i really like the sons of horse i'm not a real big fan of the black reaving just because you can do almost everything that it does with without having to waste your ride a war slot yeah um uh, so i actually like the other sons of horse uh ride of war a lot better the one where depending on which zone of the battlefield you're in um he actually if he has the new red book it should be in the back of it it's the one where you gain like relentless in your own deployment zone. You gain something else like rerolls to run or fleet in the middle, and then you gain like stubborn or furious charge or some shit in the opponent's deployment zone. It, it depends on what zone of the battlefield you're in. You get certain abilities. Right. I much I much prefer it to black reading. Understood. I mean, I can see why. It, black reading just unlocks certain things for you where it didn't really benefit too much for taking them. Right. So, yeah, no, I get it 100%. I'm actually looking up that uh, other Ride of War right now. But this the, this is going to... The Long March. This, yeah, the Long March. So this army here, John, when you try it out, like, I like it. It's full of dirty tricks. It'll, it'll, it'll allow you to learn... If you really learn how to play this army, it'll teach you how to play lots of other armies, I guess. Because this teaches you reserve manipulation, uh, what to put in... Re- you know, when to put something into reserve, when not... When to choose to go first, when to choose to go second, um, how to use outflank, when to use outflank, where to put that Charybdis when it comes in, where to put Horus when it comes in. Like You'll, you'll basically learn a whole lot from playing this list. Um, I still think it'll be, you know, you'll catch a lot of people off guard um, just by having, like I said, I mean, it's going to be hard. That Horus with that big unit of Just Aaron is going to be super hard to deal with on its own. Then you're adding in that Reaver squad into Charybdis. That's going to be super hard to deal with. And then you got the Knight. You know, that's super hard to deal with as well. The Veteran Tacticals, like, they're just thrown in. You need some other scoring units to get in the backfield quickly. I feel like your opponent is going to have to spend so much time dealing with that other stuff that's going to allow those guys to, you know, snipe out any artillery they have um, on the second turn or on the, the second turn after they've come in. So it be like the third game turn they'll be able to start assaulting and clamping melt the bombs on stuff and all that. So like when Michael brought up, like say somebody takes a fell blade, these are guys you can bring in behind the fell blade and then put Horus in front of the fell blade where it's pincered and can't go anywhere. And then no matter where it goes, it's either getting 10 melt bombs clamped on it or five chain fists and Horus punching it. So, <laughs> you know, stuff like Dude, that. So go ahead, Michael. I'm, I'm just not reading that the long March this yeah. is a brutal ride of war. It's really good, yeah. It's it's like very it, underutilized. I, I know I know there's a couple guys that play Sons of Horus here that say they don't like it. I like it. It'll really allows you to build 
because you could really build to its strengths is like, well, here's my, you know, 10 man heavy support squad with, you know, Volt like Volkite Culverins or Las Cannons that can, you know, gain Relentless in my deployment zone. And then that, here's exactly here's my Terminators that I can deep strike in your deployment zone, you know, to give them this other ability. And then all my troops that I want to get close on you to score, they get movement abilities in the middle, I believe. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's fleet in no man's land, crusader in enemy deployment zone and relentless in your own deployment zone. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're playing with those big deployment zones, like it's massive. And then of course, anybody with that right of war gets to reroll all hits to roll of a one. That's like, that's brutal. Yeah, it's really good. So, but anyway, John, I, I really hope that you like this list and it helps you out. Um, I, I think it'll be, it, I would like to play against it. I think it's a fun list and it, it, I feel like it hits on what you're wanting to do. Like I just kind of went off, you know, I kind of just tried to judge kind of what you were asking for based on your short email there. So it sounded like you liked out flank. Um, you're just starting off. So, I didn't want to overwhelm you with a ton of models to paint. I think I put everything in there that you asked to have put in there, except for the militia, which, like I said, that's something you'll have to make some decisions down the road if you want to run that. So anyway, I hope you like it. And for sure, John, I would love to see what this army looks like. Like if you want to show it off, man, send us some pictures of it. We'd love to take a look at he, it. And he actually replied and said that if, if we wanted the pictures to, to tell him we wanted pictures, which we just did. And he would, uh, as he as he painted up the army, he would uh, send us progress pics. So looking forward to those. Yeah, for sure. Let us know how that army plays out. I could see it being very fun. Like once I could see probably not doing so great the first couple of times you run it. But I think once you get it keyed in on how it's supposed to play and I think you will have a lot of fun with it because it's real versatile no matter what it does. So you basically just keep in mind that you're manipulating wherever you're going to show up and just always keep that in mind whenever you're playing that list. So. Also, uh, uh, magnetize those uh, Just Air and Combi Melta arms. You're not always going to run or want, want to run 10 Combi Meltas. I just thought it was funny in the list, and it really takes advantage of Horus being able to just go, I'm going to arrive exactly here, you know what I mean, and being able to totally unload on something. But that's not something you're always going to want in every list, so I would definitely magnetize those things. <laughs> definitely. Because <laughs> whatever you show up behind will fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a good, good, good little list there. So that's pretty much all we got, man. That's it. That's it for yep. the for the list review. I wish I had another list review, but we don't. Yeah. Well, this episode has went through uh, many, many interruptions, but it's finally done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we made it. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're, we're at the end, guys. It was a fun episode, though. I think we talked about a lot of good stuff. Yeah, guys. If y'all want us to talk about even more stuff, y'all let us know. You have our email addresses, guys. It's uh, Michael at Warhammer30k.com and Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. Shoot us an email, and it's A-E-L, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Like, I feel like my doctor gets that wrong, so I figure Ryan's really easy to spell, but Michael, I guess people just like, I don't know, whatever. My, my last name is spelled just like Jimmy Kimmel's last name, if you want to know. So <laughs> I guess, no, well, that, why did I say that? Because it's not a part of the email, is it? Oh, well. No, it's not. <laughs> well, anyway, people know now. 
<laughs> so anyway, guys, if you have a... <laughs> it's fucking late. It's so random. Whatever. Don't edit this out. I would never do that. So anyway, guys, yeah, if you have any questions for us, if you have a list you want us to review, if you have a topic you want us to talk about, send us a... Send us it in an email. We'll let us know. Uh, we'll have some picture dump for you this episode. It won't be a whole lot. Now that I think about it, just because there's not a. I'll, I'll definitely send pictures of the bases you sent me, and then cool. uh, we'll get those posted up on the the Facebook page, guys. Uh, check us out on Facebook, The Forgotten Legion, and then definitely if you want to just like get information like real quick and don't want to wait for us to put a podcast out for you, uh, go to the South Texas Horse Heresy 30K Facebook group. And uh, join that, and dude, we're we're always active on there. So if you have a question or something, just post it up on there. We'll be real quick to respond. Uh, that's Michael's good at looking at Reddit too, so you can always throw something up on Reddit. He'll probably find it. Yeah, yeah. If you if you, uh, I'm Mike Montalongo on Reddit. So if you know you're on there looking for me as well, you can find me, and I'll be pretty good at responding back to you guys. So that's all I got, Ryan. How about you? That's it, man. That's it. So uh, I guess we're going to go and close out, man. The music should start like right now, which is real low, slowly coming up. but Slowly coming up. Well, <laughs> you guys take it easy. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> you have a good one, guys. <laughs>